You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 355 of Podcateers. This is a very special episode of Podcateers because after three years of being an official co-host, Gavin has decided to retire from an active podcasting schedule. And in this episode, we take a trip down memory lane with him as we relive some of the highlights of the past, uh, I would say roughly seven years or so. Uh, It was definitely a fun episode, bittersweet definitely, but fun, and a great way to pay tribute to Gavin and his contributions to the podcast. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share about the episode, we'd love for you to join the conversation over on Discord. You can check out the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 355 for an invite link. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Podcateers. Team Boat Willie is the official charity team of the Podcateers podcast, and we're frequently working with different organizations to raise money to help their causes. To see who we're currently working with, we invite you to check out TeamBoatWilly.com for more information. The link is super easy to remember because it's like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. This episode is brought to you by the generosity of a special group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, aka our podcast Fairy Godparents, through their support via Patreon. As part of the FGP Squad family, you can get some additional perks like exclusive discounts on Podcateers gear, additional content, and access to our monthly happy hour calls. If you want more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the members of the FGP Squad for their continued support. Uh, Next week, we're excited to have the opportunity to introduce you to the newest members of the team, Larry and Andrew. Some members of the FGP squad have already met them during our happy hour calls, and we're super excited to bring them on board, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let's celebrate Gavin. Uh, As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen and hang with us. We hope that you enjoy this trip down memory lane as we wish Gavin not a fond farewell, but a fond see you later. And best wishes on his new adventure. So let's do the podcast thing. Here is episode 355 of Podcateers. Hey guys, this is Hazen. I am standing right outside of the Haunted Mansion in the little backside of Harbor Galley. I hope you can hear us okay because there is all sorts of stuff happening. Uh, There's people eating, there are rafts that are making a bunch of motor noises, which is a raft. It shouldn't make motor noises, but it is. And I have the pleasure of sitting here with friend of the podcast and listener, and I'm, I'm gonna have to apologize to him publicly because I've been saying his last name incorrectly. I'm sitting here with Gavin Ottison. Yep. Is that correct, Gavin? That's correct. Thank. Yes. I'm so sorry. Hey, don't worry about it. Yeah. Every, nobody says it right. Nobody. Well, so I will say correctly going forward. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, how's your How's your stay been so far? I know you were it's, on vacation this week. Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, this is day five of six in a row here at the Disneyland Resort. And yeah, it's been incredible, of course. Um, I have seen the Hatbox Ghosts. Whoa! 
countless <laughs> times. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been great every time, even though right now it's closed. We don't know why. No, but it's been a great trip. I've seen some awesome Disney bounders and just had a great time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I don't know if you can tell there, but I was pretty excited that you had seen the Hatbox <laughs> Ghost for the first time. Yeah, that was uh, way back in 2015 when Hattie was only a couple months old at that point. <laughs> so we were still so excited about it. Not that we're not anymore, but back then it was... I, we couldn't get enough. I, I rode that uh, ride more that trip than any other trip, probably, just because the Hatbox Ghost was such an amazing new addition to the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, and I'm selling that moment short because, <laughs> you know, that was a really special moment, obviously, for me because, you know, we had been internet friends for mm -hmm. such a long time prior to that. Mm -hmm. You know, you you had hopped on my Instagram. You were like one of my top photo supporters. And, you know, I loved you for it because you were one of the few dozen people that I think gave me the confidence to continue posting photos, you know, be, just because nice. of your comments and your interactions. And uh, that I, that played a really big role in me continuing to do photography. But uh, I remember when you had come into town and uh, <laughs> we were walking around Big Thunder Ranch at the time because I think uh, we were looking at some of the art and everything that was going on mm -hmm. back there. And I kind of look over and I see this dude in this, like, Podcateers like Beatles ish looking shirt, and I'm all like, hey, who's that <laughs> fellow right over there? And where did he get that shirt? Podcateers.com slash gear if you're interested. Uh, but we, uh, you know, I went over and we kind of introduced ourselves. It, it was awesome, man. I we instantly clicked, we kind of started nerding out on Disney from the very beginning, mm -hmm. and it was, yeah, it was a fantastic day. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny how uh, our friendship just kind of happened. Uh, you know, it, it never really needed to have any sort of slow growing period. We were just like instant friends. And, you know, I, of, of course, first came at it as I was a fan of your photography and a fan of your podcast. So I was kind of geeking out when I first met you. And uh, yeah, uh, that was, God, I can't believe that was almost six years ago now. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I remember at the time meeting you, you know, at the time, I know I, I knew that I wanted to evolve the podcast and I didn't mm -hmm. exactly know what I wanted to evolve it into. But, you know, when we first started, my brother Javier and I just kind of sat around and we talked about whatever we wanted. We drank some beer mm -hmm. and we just kind of, you know, sh shot at the breeze however we wanted. And it was great. I love those times with them. And, you know, I'm always going to cherish that time that I had with them on the podcast. But I remember 50 episodes in, we had the opportunity to interview Bob Gurr. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know what? I feel like this is a turning point. I know we can build something. I know we can focus more on Disney, which is kind of what I wanted to do. And I remember having this talk with the guys about wanting to start this new segment called the Dreamer's Diary. And I <laughs> wanted to interview Disney artists. And I wanted – and look, when it comes to official Disney artists – they are not the easiest people to get on the podcast, especially if they're Imagineers, especially if they work for the company, 
because right. sometimes they're working on projects that they have to be really secretive about and mm-hmm. you know they don't want to get in trouble you don't want to get them in trouble and for a long time it was really difficult to get anybody on the podcast and so I thought okay well let's shift it into the Disney community let's start this segment and even then it was still difficult to kind of get people on board because podcasting wasn't easy you know i think the the point of entry today five six years later is a lot easier than it was when we first started doing this oh sure and so unless i got together in person with somebody and i had like my little zoom recorder and everything so we could sit down and chat Mm -hmm. uh obviously there were other issues that we had to deal with like i remember the day that we got together uh for dreamer's diary you were the first episode like you were instantly the first person i thought <laughs> of that i wanted to have on as the first person for dreamer's diary uh-huh. and i remember getting together at fowler's harbor and man we were having all sorts of audio issues with the microphone peaking because the rafts were coming around and the mark mm-hmm. twain and splash was in the background and just people yelling and i was like Buff, you know what we're just going to go with it. And, I, and we, we just started recording. And it was one of, uh, honestly, it's been one of my favorite times at Disneyland. Just getting an opportunity to sit there and chat with you was yeah. has been like one of my Disneyland highlights. I uh, That's awesome. Because it, it is for me too. I mean, it, it is really one of the very first kind of tastes I got of being on a podcast. And it really kind of piqued my interest in that and that ultimately is what led to me you know being on the show uh but also i gotta say i love all the episodes of podcateers throughout the years that were recorded live on location whether it be at tangaroa terrace or in the parks you know we we did one at dca and i just love that because you know for me as a listener because i still listen to podcateers as a fan it just transports me to that place. And just when you started that clip, I was instantly transported to the riverside there uh, in front of, you know, and like listening to the Mark Twain go by and and near Splash Mountain. That's just such a happy place. And I I love those episodes. So I, you know, I I understand from an audiophiles perspective that you, you hear a lot of things that make you cringe, but from a, (laughs) Disneyland nerd fan perspective. I love having all that ambient noise there. Well, I'm glad you felt like that because I remember (laughs) just being so angry at it. You know what I did realize as I was going through all of the clips to include in this episode? One thing on the plus side, I feel that one thing that's been a positive is that our audio quality has gotten way better. Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) it, it really has. And it started from a good point anyway yours was always one of the best sounding podcasts that i always listened to or that i ever listened to uh you know outside of the ones that are put on by you know professional studios like npr or whatever that have actual recording studios like the ones that are just people doing their own podcast podcasters always sounded top notch so and to say that it improved is definitely saying something yeah well thank you i appreciate that yep um, well, you know, on that day, I remember uh, we we had the conversation about how I didn't know how to say your last name. <laughs> and, and I remember as we were going through the audio issue. Well, actually, here. Why don't we just hear the clip? Okay. All right. We're going to go with it. All right. Let's see what happens. Um, I wanted to tell you one thing. What's that? 
my last name. Huh? It's pronounced Otteson. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Dude, don't even worry about it. I'm, I'm sure so you're sorry. used to it with your first name. You know what? Tricky. Correct me on the podcast. So. Correct me on the recording. Okay. All right. <laughs> because then I can apologize to you publicly. <laughs> I, I actually do go My wife it, so. was like, I kind of like it better. It sounds more artsy. I was like, okay, whatever that means. <laughs> no, please correct me because, uh, yes, I, I am. Uh, I don't like to mispronounce people's names because I don't like mine mispronounced. Right. Uh, I should have actually asked you before. No, it's all so good. I You've only ever was. seen it written. You've never heard it, so. <laughs> so, so I remember right after that point, we were getting ready to start, and I felt so guilty. I didn't even let you call me out. I was like, I got to apologize. <laughs> I'm so glad you had that clip still. That is hilarious. I, I, you know, oh, okay. it, and, and you caught that part where I told you that my wife, Charlie, actually prefers Otessen to Otteson, and she <laughs> jokes about it to this day. I kid you not, she mentioned it today, this morning. Really? She's like, she's like, Otessen's better. Like, she brings it up <laughs> all the time, so I, I think that's just hilarious. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because later in the episode, there's a clip where we got together at Tangiro Terrace where Charlie makes a special appearance. Yes. And we mentioned that. So yep. uh, later on in the episode, we're going to get a chance to hear her. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure she's going to love me for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, again, that was a really special time uh, because we clicked not almost instantly. But mm -hmm. uh, that kind of led, you know, to... I mean, at the time, you weren't living in California. You know, you were right. still kind of commuting and not commuting. You were flying out to Disneyland whenever you could. And on one of those trips, uh, I remember, oh, as a matter of fact, this is the time where Charlie comes in. Because yeah. this was the time that you had brought her for the very first time. Yes. And so I remember asking if you were uh, available to record uh but by then you had already kind of begun your podcasting career you were uh together with josh mm -hmm. doing animation station mm -hmm. which now is what's up fandom if you haven't checked it out he does all sorts of really cool things i think the last set of episodes that they did was a dungeons and dragons mm -hmm. series where they were sitting down playing D, &D which was kind of cool to mm -hmm. listen to uh so go check that out shout out to josh but I remember you were already doing Animation Station at the time, and you wanted to do more Disney stuff. Mm -hmm. And so this, I think, was the beginning of the three of us really sitting down and just kind of like clicking as the beginning of what would become Team Potketeer. So let's take a listen at that. Now I'm happy because we can record. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So Good to go. All right, so I guess formal introductions are in order. Uh, in case you guys uh, have not noticed, you may have heard some doors creaking and some music in the background. That's because I am sitting at Tangaroa Terrace with uh, one of our guest co-hosts. You've heard him on the podcast before, our good friend Gavin Ottison. How are you today, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And a first-time podcast co-host. This this is actually really special for me because uh, I've known her for a long time. Yes, I said her. This is a request that I've received many times. I keep hearing, you need the female perspective on the podcast. So we've had AJ on, you know, yeah, part of yeah. Disney for two, uh, with VJ. But I don't think we've ever, like, they've been guests, right? We've never had an official female co-host. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. 
So, uh, I guess a little background. You guys know Gavin, you know, he's been a fan. We became friends through the podcast. But, Melissa, I, I could tell the story, but why don't you tell the story of how we met and how we know each other? All right. Um, it was two, three years ago, I want to say. It's more like four and a half, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the time coffee. has flown. It's been so yeah. great. Um, we met at Art Walk, and you were one of the people running it. I was just a vendor, and we, you know, kept coming every month, um, and we just started a friendship, and that was it, and we would just, there's times we wouldn't sell, and we would still have a good time. We didn't care. Yeah. It was fun. And it was also our friend yeah. Jill. You yes. Know? Okay. So, yes. Melissa, on Instagram, you guys may follow her on Instagram and Twitter, she's Cartoon Disney Doll, but she's also the proprietor of the Odd Mouse Shop. So she has a lot of amazing crafts that she puts together. Uh, I'll put the links down in the description for this in the blog post for the episode. So make sure that you guys go check it out. Follow her. I'll put Gavin's links in there as well. And yeah, I mean, it was awesome. You know, like you said, sometimes there were months that we didn't sell anything. But it's just fun. Just shooting the breeze. You know, Javier was there, obviously. We played Disney music. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The one I remember there was this one time where uh, we kept shutting off the lights and we kept turning on the lights that we had because we were playing the Paint the Night music in the background. And it was annoying everybody so much (laughs) because we were blasting the music. It was like during the holidays, right? We kept blasting like different... This was the... Actually, this was the last time we were going to be vendors. Yeah, it was. And we closed it out. That's true. And we just had a goodbye party and Mm -hmm. we just played it and had fun. It was pretty nice. amazing. Yeah. This was the art walk in Covina? In yes. Covina. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a great time because at the this was kind of during a time in my life where I didn't know how to pacify my creative need. Mm-hmm. And Melissa was one of the people around when I first started throwing around the idea of starting a podcast. That's nice. how I know it's been longer because I talked about it for a year and a half before right. we launched. That's and we've right. been around just over three years. So for about a year and a half, I kept throwing around the idea of starting this podcast, and she and Joe were two of the people, aside from Lynette and my brother, Javier, uh, a couple of other people who uh, are also fairy godparents. Melissa's one of our fairy godparents. You know, they, they knew mm-hmm. that I was planning this and that I needed something because, you know, I've told the story how I felt like I was dying inside creatively. And so here we are, you know, three years later, and I'm so happy, oh, four years later, sorry. (laughs) Uh, And I'm so happy to have you on because, you know, you were kind of there when it all was just an idea, and now, you know, we're here. So thank you for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. So, uh... There's, there's so many things that we were talking about before we started recording. I don't even know where to start. Gavin, you, uh, you're here with your wife. Yep. Right? Are you guys here celebrating anything? Uh, October and Just Halloween. Like, yeah! yeah. Uh, October! In particular, I'm kind of celebrating. It's the first time ever I've convinced my wife to come with me to Disneyland. Yeah! She's yeah. never applause. been. Yeah. Round of applause. She's so, never been. <laughs> I guess we'll just say, you know, shout out to Charlie, who yeah. is walking around right now. She decided to take a break from us because, quite frankly, I would too. But She needs to walk off those five <laughs> courses we just had. Oh, my Lord. That's what I wanted Ooh. to ask you about. So you guys were at the Napa Rose. We were. You did the five-course meal. Yep. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it was pretty phenomenal, I gotta tell you. It was, we were lucky enough to be invited to a birthday party, 
and it was, we were in the private dining room there, and there was about 40 people. Oh, okay. And uh, it was the full five-course spread, so we had like three starter courses, an entree, and then a dessert, and it was basically cocktails, wine, like whatever. So it was, it was awesome. It was really, really good. The food there uh, is exactly what I expected, just top-notch. Everything was just very perfectly balanced, amazing flavors, beautiful textures, like just beautiful. It was it was nice. What was it that you guys had? Like what were the appetizers? Uh, let's see if I can remember. The first appetizer was a scallop and lobster sauce. It was one of those melt-in-your-mouth kind of experiences, which was <laughs> fantastic. The second one was, oh gosh, what was it? I don't remember what the second one was. The third one was a pheasant and dumpling stew that came in a little Ooh. copper pot, like okay. an individual copper pot for everybody, which was really cool. Uh, and then the entrees you could pick between a, like a striped bass or a filet mignon. And I don't remember what came with the bass, but with the filet mignon came braised beef cheeks and like a fennel puree and it was unbelievable i'm salivating and just then, thinking about yeah, it right and now and then dessert which was my favorite part and i'm not even a dessert guy i almost want to call the episode beef cheeks yeah beef cheeks <laughs> that's amazing and now i'm choking on they, my spit they were delicious cheeks uh so i did call the episode beef cheeks <laughs> i was wondering if that little part of the clip would make it into the show <laughs> I remember oh that. I did. I, Can I tell you the first notes? The first thing I wrote down while listening to this? Yeah. In bold. Dudes, not even 10 minutes and we are on the same yep. vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That It was just like this. And I was listening. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. Like it just boom, boom. Like there's it. Yeah. Awesome. Honestly, <laughs> like this, this is the moment that, you know, really the new, uh, chapter of the podcateers uh history really yeah. kind of began um i know it officially happens a little bit later but yeah this this moment was really instrumental in you know how things would evolve and change for the podcast in, in just different ways you know like uh you know some some shifting mm-hmm. gears and some some different formatting and and i just like that you know, all three of us have similar experiences with Disney and the parks, but we also come at things from a very different perspective. You know, it's really exemplified in our armchair Imagineering episodes where even though we steal from each other's notes quite often, we often come at things (laughs) from a completely different (laughs) angle than each other. And, you know, I think that gave us such a great, well-balanced roundtable kind of a feel for all of our discussions and our creative sessions and everything we did you know from this point forward i agree Uh, and i agree with what you were saying mel that it was interesting that before we started i remember everybody just kind of thinking like oh we're you know we're kind of nervous you know to get it started because we didn't know what was going to happen we were remote yeah we didn't know if people were going to jump in and as soon as we hit record and we officially started the podcast, for me, the the rest of the world just kind of shut out. Like it was just me sitting at that table with the both of you, you know, talking about what we were 
you know, what our topics were going to be for the episode. And it was a great moment. Uh, I remember I, I would break out every so often and I would think about like, oh, somebody's acting a fool over at the pool over there. But, you know, it was more because I was like, man, how am I going to edit that out? Like <laughs> the editor brain was like kicking in and like, ah, come on, kid, really? You're going to do that in the background right now? Uh, so, yeah. But I, I think the, the most interesting part about that day, even before we started recording and after, was that it was Charlie's first time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was interesting to hear her perspective. I'm going to play a clip of her actually talking about that in a moment, but it was interesting because I think we took for granted, obviously being annual pass holders, Mm -hmm. you know, at least I think some people did because you always had the opportunity to just pop into the park whenever you felt like it. We talked about that a lot. As a matter of fact, through the years where on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday, if we just wanted to go and people watch or, you know, soak in the ambiance or the smells the sounds whatever the case was we could Mm -hmm. because we were ap's but hearing charlie's perspective as a first-time visitor was really cool so i want to play a little uh of that next so here we go uh charlie hi hey how are you i'm well how about you doing well so we hear this is your very first time at disneyland it is indeed it's my (laughs) second day how are you liking it so far I feel, I actually, I, I feel like I'm doing well. For a first time, yes. Like I, I feel I had one tantrum. Okay. It was when we were waiting. <laughs> That's already like four less than I would have. Yeah, it was when we were in line for Haunted Mansion for an okay. hour and a half. And okay. as you know, like there's some shady spots, but then there's some sunspots. Oh yeah. And so I did throw a. A pretty bad tantrum there, and Gavin tried to like. When you get her a churro, man, what's wrong with you? Bad. But other <laughs> right. than that, um, you know, our, our timing coincided with, our timing was based on an event that we wanted to go to. I'm told by everyone here that it, it is busy. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. super it busy. Because I told you know Gavin's gone multiple times, and I told him I was like I can't see the magic beyond the crowd. I was expecting immersion, like when I went down Main Street and everything like that. I was expecting to get lost in a different world, but this being my first time, I couldn't get over just the throng of people just everywhere. Uh, and so that, that's that been a little bit tricky, but once you get on the ride, it's, it, it's incredible. I haven't gone to anything even close to Disneyland. I'm not an amusement park person, so... It's some extraordinary stuff I've seen. I know, and Disney people are so great because when they find out that it's your first time to visit the park, they're just, they're very sweet. Nobody's throwing suggestions. They're actually like, take it easy. Yeah. You're not going to see everything. Just be calm. So, yeah. That's ironic. That was the one suggestion I was going to give. (laughs) I think they can see, like, the terror in my eyes and, you know, the idea, like, once you fork over that dough for that ticket, you're like, okay, so I'm going to do all the things yeah. to make up for that yeah. money and uh that's just impossible it is. you gotta yeah. nap you gotta hydrate yes. you gotta sit down yes and i think that's what people don't really understand that you know the park is so large and i mean it's small compared to the other parks right but 
you're not going to be able to do everything. You're not going to be able to see all of the shows. You're not going to try all of the treats. I mean, I, you could. I, I'm doing my best. Had <laughs> a girl. Within an hour, I had like a Dole Whip and a corn it's dog. The way to do it. <laughs> you yeah. need to have the chicken at the Plaza Inn. We're doing that. We're oh, doing yeah. that. You we already talked the about chicken. that. We've we done... made a reservation for the Mickey Waffle. Yeah, that's the way to do yes. it. We've had the beignets. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're we're hitting all the that's hot good. spots. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Realistically, you can't really do everything. You you really have to pick and choose the things that you want, especially if you're here only a couple of days. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, that was a real. So this this whole evening was like a double moment for me because I feel like it was a integral part of the Podcasters' history. But for my personal Disney fandom history, this was the first time that. I was really able to share it with Charlie and and have her be an active participant in it and and the fact that she hopped on the podcast for a couple minutes and and gave us her two so you can hear the hoarseness in her voice from or I can anyway from you know <laughs> screaming on rides and stuff and uh, probably from sheer exhaustion because uh, the parks will wear you out if you're not used to them uh, but yeah it was just such a a magical moment for me because it then led to her actually becoming a big fan of the parks. And once we moved here, you know, we developed a routine. We we would love to go. We were rope drop people. We like to go in the morning and we had our favorite rides that we would hit right off the bat. We had our favorite eating spots. And I had never shared that with a person before because I was always a solo traveler. I would fly out from Oklahoma and spend five, six days here just by myself, which is fun. It's really liberating to do the park by yourself. You know, it, it, you don't have to oh, worry yeah. about anybody else. You just do what you want to do. But having a person to, to share it with and then come home with shared memories, that was a completely new level for me. And, and just having her love the parks, you know, she liked her own things about the parks and showed me perspectives that I didn't get before because, you know, she comes at it from a different angle. It just, it was great. I, I loved it. So I, I'm glad we got to have a little bit of Charlie on this episode too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be one of the things I wanted to ask you while listening back to this episode. If she kind of showed you a different perspective of the parks, mm -hmm. because we're so used to seeing it, you know, as kind of historian-ish views, right. um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and we see it through this Disney fan bubble mm -hmm. that we tend to always see it in, but being somebody that was experiencing the park for the very first time like she was uh, she had that like childlike joy yeah. you know That's she it. was consumed by the disney magic and she said that at the very beginning right she was she mm -hmm. wanted to be immersed in this world but the disney magic kind of took over yeah you know, mm -hmm. and that's I mean you can't ask for more when you go to Disneyland and to be at Walt's Park you know and have that feeling mm -hmm. It's it's special, man. I'm glad you had a, an opportunity to do that, and I'm glad that I mean she got turned on to actually going to the yeah. parks with. Me. I mean, she eventually got yeah, an annual pass. Totally. That says something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was huge. I remember yeah. when you first told me that she decided to pull the trigger yeah. on that. I was like, "What, really? That's awesome." Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, we're going to get together all the time. 
that your work schedule, oh. my work schedule, uh. you guys were rope drop, we're part closers, yep. and so it was always hard. Like we would meet up, it's like, hey, how you doing? Great. All right, see you later, yeah. buddy. And then we'd like <laughs> hang out for 15, 20 minutes, and then we'd like go our separate ways. It's so true. It was e- it was almost easier when I didn't live here, and I was coming out for a few days, and I would be there from open to close. So no matter when you yeah. showed up, I was good to go to hang out for whatever because – you know, I didn't have work the next morning. <laughs> well, that and also I think the times that you were visiting were also a lot of the times I went without my mm-hmm. family. Yeah. And going with my kids is totally yep. different because if you're taking kids to Disneyland, for the most part, you're going to do a lot of what they want to do or else they're going to get bored. They're going to get fussy. And I do enough of that myself. I don't need them to be doing it as well, <laughs> you know. So uh, going uh, and I love the time that I spent with my wife and kids in the park, but you do have a lot more freedom to do things that you normally don't have. Mm -hmm. And as a photographer, when I was carrying a tripod and all that stuff because I wanted to do fireworks or whatever the case was, uh, you know, it was always a a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah. So as we continue our trip down memory memory lane here, um, what was it? Maybe that was in October and then. In February of the next mm-hmm. year is when we uh, made the official announcement that we were going to be just kind of making everything official mm-hmm. because by that time you guys had kind of appeared on the podcast, but I really wanted to cement in a brand new team. And the idea was always to have rotating co-hosts. And I knew that there was going to be a set of people that were on a lot more frequently mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. did create Team Podcateers. And so uh, I want to play the opening clip of that episode. Uh, so let's go to that now. If you guys have been listening to us for some time, you know that we've been around, you know, for a couple years now. And when my brother left last year because he wanted to pursue other opportunities, uh there was a, a bit of an like I, I don't want to call it an emptiness or a void, but that's kind of what it felt like because we had been doing the podcast together for so long and, you know, we enjoyed each other's company. And back when he left, I remember having conversations with Javier about, you know, creating this team of people and uh, a team where at any time Anybody could jump in, you know, sometimes you hear, you know, the same voices for a few weeks and then one day one person can't make it because of their schedule and then somebody else jumps in and uh, it's a format that I've heard on other podcasts before, like Animation Station, Gavin, you guys would Mm -hmm. do that on ASP all the time and it's a format that I really liked, especially back then when you guys were just starting to do it. And so the idea came to mind that I really wanted to create a team of people that, one, I knew were passionate about Disney, had some knowledge about the history, had some knowledge about animation, the parks, traveling, you know, all of that stuff. And the first thing that I started to do was I started to reach out to all of my friends and I started telling them about this idea. And some people were interested, some people weren't. And I'm lucky to say that you guys are officially listening to the new Podcateers team now. (laughs) We made the cut? You made the cut, guys. Giving us all roses? Yes. (laughs) You are not the weakest link. You are here. So, yeah. First of all, I just want to say thank you to the four of you because 
Uh, originally, I wanted the team to be maybe one or two people more, but, uh, you know, given the circumstances, it is now, this is what I like to call now the Podcateers Core 5, you know, and so we will have the other Fab guests. Five. We will, the Fab Five, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. We will have other guests. We will have other guest co hosts and stuff like that come on the podcast. You know, it's something that we're working on. But uh, this is going to be our core team now. And I couldn't be happier because each one of the members of the team brings something very unique to the table from being an artist to being a crafter to being world travelers to, you know, having worked at the parks to having, uh, you know, everything. You know, I think we kind of all encompass a little bit of a lot at the park. And just based on the conversations that we've had at the parks or on the phone, on the podcast, you know, one, I love talking to you guys. Uh, I've received a lot of great feedback from having you guys on the podcast as well. And I'm looking forward to the next chapter of Podcateers. You know, I know you guys were kind of, you know, always, you know, part (laughs) of the team, but, you know, it was kind of like guest co-hosting and stuff like that. But uh, I'm very, very happy to say, you know, Welcome to the official co-host table, and welcome to the team. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get my contract in the mail. Yeah. Did you guys get contracts? <laughs> oh, um, it's uh, lost in the mail. Lost no. In the mail. Check check your email. Check your he spam folder, buddy. It, but then oh, this, oh, spam folder. The software. <laughs> didn't update. Yeah. So <laughs> when my was. when my computer crashed, <laughs> did you guys finally find those contracts? Yeah, I never got a contract, so. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Check your spam folder. Check your okay. spam folder. It might be there. I'll, I'll check it one last time, buddy. <laughs> uh, well, on that episode, uh, I remember going on to ask each of you just a handful of questions, just what some of your favorites were. And uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to share what your favorites were on that episode. And then I just want to see, you know, do they still hold up? Yeah, that'll be interesting. I I don't remember what I said. All right, so here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, Gavin, let's hear from you now. All right, so I'm the old guy here, and my tastes run very old as well, and you'll discover that shortly. So my favorite animated Disney movie is by far Pinocchio. I still feel like it's their masterpiece, and I never grow tired of it. Uh, It's my very favorite. My favorite live action film, this was a little harder for me, and it was a tie between two science fiction movies because I'm a science fiction guy. But I had to go with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, mm. which is fantastic. If you guys haven't seen the, the Blu-ray transfer of it, it's pristine. It's amazing. My favorite land uh, has to be New Orleans Square. I was going to pick an attraction, and that would be Pirates of the Caribbean, but New Orleans Square has pirates and the mansion and it's just basically the best land there is mm-hmm. um so i i'm going with new orleans square i love walking around um and looking at all the details and and there's some really neat shops the best restaurants in disneyland are in new orleans square so it basically has everything club 33 i i mean i i think it's probably good i've never been I, if somebody out there wants to take me i'll, I'll go i second <laughs> that i would like to go as well <laughs> shut up <laughs> Shut up, you. You're an insider. No, I'm not. Enough. You've been. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I've looked inside. That's that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> nice. 
All right. And uh, the last question, you know, being a part of this team to me, it means really two things. This for me is a chance to kind of revel in all things Disney nerdy, you know, with my Disney friends who, you know, out here, uh, you know, the Disney culture isn't as pervasive as it is in Florida or Southern California or the places that are close to Disney. Um, so I don't have a lot of Disney friends uh, out here. So this camaraderie that we have that I get to partake in, you know, from a distance is, well, to be quite frank, it's magical. And I enjoy it. I like being able to talk to my Disney friends. And, you know, when I'm there, I get to hang out with you guys, too. And it's just awesome. But then the other thing is, you know, I this is the Podcasters is actually the very first podcast I ever listened to. It's what kind of got me interested in listening and recording podcasts. And it's a large reason why I helped start the Animation Station podcast. But the thing that kept me going with Podcateers is that it is such a positive podcast. And the Podcateers team has always made an effort to try to make the world a better place and you know through charitable efforts and just really just spreading a general positivity with meetups and really socializing with its own audience and and i think it's just a great space uh that's making uh you know a positive mark on the world and i just i'm i'm happy to be a part of that awesome well we're happy to have you as part of the team (laughs) well Uh, your thoughts well said, old Gavin Otteson of the past. Uh, Gavin but... Otteson of episode 190. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of my answers have definitely evolved. Um, as we know from our uh, Cars Land episode, I did finally officially announce that Cars Land is indeed my favorite land in a Disney yeah. park. Uh, although New Orleans Square is very, very close, it will always be near and dear to my heart. Uh, Pirates is still my favorite attraction. Uh, and the the other live action film that was in a tie with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea back then, uh, it was definitely Tron. And that is definitely my favorite live action Disney film at this point. I still love 20,000 Leagues, um, but I just fall more and more in love with Tron all the time. And... I cannot get enough of it. So, yeah, a couple of those answers have evolved, but, you know, that's uh, that's good. People that never change are, you know, never able to think of new things and, you know, evolve. So I- I'm glad that my- some of my answers are different now. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh, I remember listening to this, and the first thing I thought was, uh-uh, it's all about lightning for him now. <laughs> Mm-mm. Oh, old Gavin, you have right. no idea what's coming. <laughs> uh, oh, if you haven't true. had the opportunity to listen to it, uh, Gavin gave us a history of Radiator Springs in episode 274. So com slash 274 if you hadn't listened. Head over. It was basically Gavin's love letter to Radiator Springs, the entire episode. <laughs> it was a fantastic episode, yeah. a great breakdown. <laughs> Gavin geeked out hard on that episode. <laughs> and that's how I knew Very much. Yeah. when New Orleans Square came up in this one. I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> so it was funny. great. But yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I know in high school, one of the... Uh, at, at first, I just 
it's one of those brush away comments, right? Like in your high school yearbook, you would always get the people that are like, have a great summer, never change, keep in touch mm-hmm. or KIT. And I was like, never change. <laughs> like that's as, as I grew older, I thought to myself, that's like the worst thing you could tell somebody. Cause yep. if they're a jerk, like you want them to change, like you want right. them to evolve as a yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, it was funny to hear, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we've all evolved, <laughs> I think. I, I know Absolutely. for a fact I have. So Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next clip that I want to play is an opportunity that we had on a Dapper Day. I yeah. remember we were all in the park. Uh, you were visiting again. This was still before you had moved into California. Uh, and I remember we met up with our friends from Hilt Radio. Back then, they were known as Cloud CityCast, Liam, mm-hmm. Brittany, and Remy. And you had spent the entire day just hanging out with them. Uh, but there was a couple things you did that day that you had an opportunity to do with them that I was really happy you had a chance to do while you were with them. So mm, let's take a listen talking about. to that clip. <laughs> we are sitting in the back of Whitewater Snacks. It is Dapper Day. I am dressed up. It's been hot. I'm cranky. I'm hangry. Oh, man. I mean, it's been it's been a day. But <laughs> it's about to get better because Gavin finally joined us. He's been MIA all day enjoying the parks for some reason. As if he doesn't live. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not yet. Not yet. But soon. It's, it's nice to be home. Right? It, it really right? And, is. And we are happy to have you home, buddy. Thank you. Also joining us, Disney for two. And our special guest, well, at least one of our special guests for now, yes. is Liam from Cloud City Cast and his wife, Brittany. Brittany is off helping wrangle all of our kids, along with my wife, Lynette. Uh, they got some food, so they're waiting. Welcome everybody to this on location special episode. Nice. How's everybody doing today? Fantastic. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, all of the above. <laughs> I'm waiting for a magical from somebody. Oh, right. I, know. I missed that yeah, opportunity. Magical is code for. <laughs> <laughs> for Had to take it to there. Huh? Take it to that next level. All right, Gavin, so let's start with you. You've been in the park for a couple of days now. Yep. Are you enjoying Pixar Fest? Like, have you had any any firsts this time around? Um, Let's see, first, yes. I actually saw the Paint the Night Parade from (gasps) beginning to end twice. Twice. Yes, twice. Um, I like it. It's it's cool. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm slowly starting to get the parade thing. It's still hard for me to be, you know, halfway into a parade and not think, oh, the lines are shorter right now and all the <laughs> yeah. rides and I want to do that. But, uh, you know, I got to see it, like I said, twice. And I got to see it from, I think I got to see it from both sides of the parade. And so that was cool. And I got to see it from two totally different locations. Oh. Once in front of Corn Dog Castle while I ate a really spicy corn dog. We'll talk about that later. later. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, once in front of Guardians of the Galaxy, we actually did that with Cloud City cast. We all watched it together. So really different lighting situations and sound situations in both of those places. And it was awesome. I, I, I still think my favorite thing from it is Mac. I love seeing it. He's so huge, and you know, I love all the, the light bulbs, like that grid work of light bulbs within his trailer, I think is really cool. And it 
it just looks awesome. And Charlie liked it too. She oh, okay. was really impressed. She, I think that was her, I think she saw part of Soundsational when we were here in October, but that would have been the only thing she'd ever seen before. So she really liked it. And so, yeah, it was a win for both of us. Well, Gavin with his cars land by us. So I don't know if Charlie actually enjoyed it or if she was like coerced into enjoying it, which which I think maybe it is a little <laughs> bit of column A, like a little it. bit of column B. So. Yeah. Well, she really wanted to see it and she did like it. Her favorite isn't Mac, so I didn't I didn't force any cars bias onto her. She can't have that forced onto her. Right. I I've been yapping about cars at our house for years and <laughs> she still thinks I'm an idiot so that's fine this is true um, this is true but you didn't mention the fact that you were wearing a Cars Land hoodie while watching I Mac mean. and the other characters <laughs> from Cars in this Pixar parade in the Paint the Night Parade nerd so. alert yeah yeah right I am a Cars nerd I'm a Cars yeah, nerd yeah. yeah that is the literal equivalent of wearing the band shirt to the band concert. <laughs> so you are that guy guilty as charged <laughs> okay I, I one question it. for Gavin though yeah because you don't you're not really a big parade person. Uh -huh. Will you continue watching it? Or after the two, you're like, okay, I've seen it. Now it's to ride some rides. Honestly, I could see myself seeing it again. I don't think I'll make an effort to see it every single time I come to the park. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd see it again. I, I want to see some of the other parades so that I have something to really compare. The only other parade that's going right now is the only other parade I've already seen, <laughs> which is Pixar play the parade. Pixar Play Parade. So... I mean, I like to see that one to see the new float that's in there with the, the up. Right. Uh, or is it up or is it inside out? There's an up float, or it's inside both. out float. It's both. both. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I was going to say, the, I keep seeing like different colored red new. balls yeah. Yeah. and it's both. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the orbs and it's the balloons. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to see that one, but I, I kind of want to see some of the other parades like at the other parks, like in Disney World, because uh, I, I just don't really feel like I have a good comparison, you know, to to know if what I'm seeing is the best or we're not. The answer to that is yes. I knew you'd say that. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> the but answer I to don't that know. is yes. Because Disney World doesn't have Paint the Night. Right. The end. They have that oh, one, what is it, what is it Festival of Fantasy? Yes. Or, that one looks really cool. That one's really good. Like those floats look really magnificent to me. So that conversation, this yeah, that awesome. conversation went on to talk about uh, more floats at Disney World. Mm -hmm. uh, AJ's a big Disney World fan; like she loves oh, yeah. everything Disney World. So mm -hmm. uh, she pushed hard on those additional parades, and yeah. I get called out yet again that watching them on YouTube and going on Google Maps <laughs> and experiencing the parks is not the way to do it. <laughs> and I agree a hundred percent. But when you when you don't fly and you don't go out to these parks, I'm not a world traveler like they are. You know, mm -hmm. they've been to Disney World <laughs> X amount of times. I don't I can't even count them anymore. But, right. you know, that was a really fun evening with all of us. You could hear the ambient sounds from California Adventure. Ah, you know, what your thoughts on that evening? Yeah, that was awesome um we had a lot of fun there was just so many people there um and talking about so many things that was really just kind of a i don't know a celebration fest of a bunch of disney park fans just getting together and having a laugh so it was really cool i i, I do um really love the the friendship and camaraderie uh that we built uh, with Cloud CityCast, now Hilt Radio over the years. You know, they've become really close friends with Charlie and I as well, um, you know, to the point where when they would come 
to Disneyland. They would stay with us in our apartment and we would all basically just have a big Disneyland fun time sleepover <laughs> every time they came. And it was it was good nice. time. So <laughs> it, it's it's fun to hear them uh, always. And, uh, you know, like every time AJ and VJ was on, you know, they just kind of seamlessly slipped in and joined the conversation. And, you know, they brought their Disney World perspective to a lot of the conversation, which was really cool. So, yeah, it's just I don't know. There was a lot of great, you know, things happening when we had these kind of podcast mashup moments. They were they were really fun. Yeah. The, the next clip was actually another on location episode that we did except that this one was you and i along with one of our favorite artists oh, yeah. you know who that is yeah mr jared mariyama that's right and of course yeah. the name thing comes up again so let's <laughs> listen to that uh, we are in the heart of Anaheim, sitting in an undisclosed location at this point. <laughs> it is a very private location. We're not going to tell you. It's not Club 33, if that's what you're wondering. Better. But it's better. <laughs> it's a very private club. I'm sitting with Gavin and our guest for today, artist extraordinaire, Jared Mariyama. Very good. Thank you. Jared, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you guys for uh, having me on and for saying my name correctly. Well, I, I'm i a stickler for names because when you grow up with a name like Hazen, you get, um, is uh, Hazen here? It's like, no, it's Hazen. It's phonetic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you want to remember it's hey Zen, And then people tend to get it after that. People try to get answers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they think it's more complicated than it is. And it's terrible when you're a kid. I've always said this. It's like when you're, when you're a kid, it seems tragic. As an adult, it's nice to have sort of a different yeah name, i think but uh, yeah. when you're a kid it's like you're just dreading when they start going down the roll call you're like do you ever get the year have you ever gotten names that are just completely off no i mean it's it's usually pretty close but it'll stick mm. uh, they have like so it's always gerard they always want to say gerard right um and it, it's hard for them to shake that so or, or the kids will think it's funny and they call you <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the school year right. uh, so it tends to be stuff like I think for half of the time that I knew Gavin, I was mispronouncing his last name. So instead of Otteson, I was saying Otessen. Oh, and he, not once did he correct me. And I forgot what it was we were working on where he finally said, no, no um, it's, it's Otteson. It's like, dude, why didn't you correct me before? I feel like such a jerk. Well, my wife actually thinks it's better that way. She loves Otessen? it. Yeah. Really? She's like, he's improved it. Like, that's sounds like a like a food brand or something or like oh tessin fish sticks that was a fun conversation that we had uh with him uh it's really uh impressive to have watched jared's career just take this trajectory and you know, he's got this new line out right now with the Disney parks that's I'm just seeing everywhere. And um, he's such a, a nice guy, um, really generous with his time. It was fantastic that, you know, he was able to spend a couple hours with us and just chat. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very happy for him and all his success. And, you know, the fact that uh, we got to deal with him was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
It was a really great night. Hanging out with him after we recorded was actually really special. We mm-hmm. got to hang out for a little bit after. Um, yeah, and I'm sorry. I don't know if fish sticks would have been your food of choice. <laughs> but I understand <laughs> what he was saying with that joke, and it, it totally lands. And the fact that you just came right in without skipping a beat with fish sticks, it's perfect, man. That's just good humor right there. <laughs> I feel like I need to make a T-shirt for that now. <laughs> Tessin fish sticks. <laughs> Limited edition. <laughs> oh, man, good times, good times. After this, you officially had moved to California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were uh, a Actually, official... that that um, episode was the first one I recorded with you being a resident of California. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I was here for like three weeks when we recorded that episode with Jared. Yeah. And I-, I was so excited that we had that opportunity and that you were finally here. We were going to be able to do a lot more stuff. And a month later, we got our chance to to do that when we went to the that's from disneyland exhibit yeah. in sherman oaks so here's the first clip that i want to play from that so day. Cool. all right we're in the area where they have a ton of souvenir maps at the show this is one of my favorite maps it's from 1976 and it's really cool because it features uh upcoming attraction which is space mountain right here and it even shows space mountain and it says future attraction right here, which I think is really cool. Uh, it's pre-Big Mountain, or Big Thunder Mountain, so you've still got the Nature's Wonderland area up here, which is kind of cool. It's got this really neat inset at the bottom with Walt's dedication speech, and there's just all kinds of great artwork around with all the characters along the top, and just I love the colors of this. It just really pops. This is one of my favorite maps in the exhibit, and Let's see, it's, uh, it's only two to $400 estimate, so I can see that in my house. I could still see that in my house. I, I wish I wish I could have gotten <laughs> that map. That was a, I remember that map very clearly. And that was cool because I hadn't had much of a chance to be a part of any vlogs um, or, or video podcasts. And um, that was one of the only ones I did. And I, I, I think we all had a lot of fun with it. Oh, we totally geeked out hard that day. And yeah. that was so much fun. Totally. Being like, yeah. we see little things and we were just like, oh, oh my God, this will be here. This will be here. Like, yeah, we got to be kids. <laughs> it was it was weird because I feel like we got there and I think at some parts we were kind of together looking at things together, but a lot of the times we just scattered in three different directions yeah. and we're just looking at all the things that really interested each of us. And then we'd be like, Oh, come over here. You got to look at this. Come over here. You got to look at this. And then, you know, I, man, we just, we were there for hours. Mm-hmm. It seemed like yeah. it was such a cool exhibit and yeah, I'll never forget it. It was one of the cool things that you get to experience if you live here where Disney culture is at its, I guess, fullest or or most uh, ubiquitous here in Southern California, they don't have events like this anywhere else. And it was such a cool moment to have just moved to California and get to do this event with you guys. And, oh, yeah, I was geeking out hard. Yeah. Uh, And that was apparent uh, by the next clip that I'm going to (laughs) play, which was this. I think I know what it is. All right. We're here in the Frontierland area of the exhibit. There's this whole wall of attraction posters. 
my favorite poster here is the Country Bear Jamboree poster. Partly because it's nostalgic, you know, we miss the Jamboree and we wish it was still around. But also, just look at this amazing artwork. Mark Davis had a big influence on this. He, he helped design this concept. And I just love it. I love the cartoon characters in the middle and then this wood carving that they've painted around the outside. Perfect. Perfect. If I had money, I would bid on this. But that wasn't the end of it. Because like Mel said, <laughs> everywhere we turned, there was something to see. And we were just kind of geeking out. I, the, you know, we had the opportunity to talk to Mike Van Eaton. We had a chance to talk to Richard Kraft for that vlog. Uh, but then... As we were going through uh, some of the artwork, Gavin found something that he was like, oh, my God, this is something. Here, well, let's just hear it from Gavin. <laughs> All right. We're in the Tomorrowland section, and I love this drawing. This is a John Hench concept drawing of Space Mountain. And if, you, if any of you follow my artwork, you know that I've drawn Space Mountain a thousand times. I love the iconic shape of it. But this is incredible, and I wish that they would do something like this with the mountain and add some of this upward swooping motion, some of this extra detail that they don't have built into the mountain right now. I love this. I would love this to be hanging on my wall. I envy it so much. That was for the sea serpent. We don't need to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, seeing that um, original drawing was incredible. Uh, it's still one of my favorite um, concept art pieces in all of Disney history. And um, yeah, I remember seeing that uh, in that show and just totally geeking out over it. I remember when I showed up and you were in that area, you were just kind of staring like you you were just admiring <laughs> and I could see your eyes tracing the lines along the entire sketch and it was one of those moments where I felt I'm not an artist <laughs> I'm not an oh. artist at all <laughs> like the the admiration that was on your face when I went over and I asked you do you got a vlog about this and you started talking about it like the passion and just how you I'm telling you, you I could see your eyes intricately tracing every <laughs> single line on that drawing and I, it, I I was in awe you know as an artist looking at you admire that so it was it was a great day it was lots of fun I'll never forget it so the next episode I want to highlight is and as a matter of fact Pretty much the rest of the episodes I'm going to be highlighting are going to be ideas that Gavin had because, as you know, one of our favorite things to do was sitting down to armchair Imagineer either attractions or different parts of the park. And in this episode, uh, it was actually episode uh, 241, which was when we started armchair Imagineering Tomorrowland. Uh, it was our first official Armchair Imagineering episode. And right out of the gate, Gavin starts talking about uh, his new favorite movie, not 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, <laughs> Patron. <laughs> Let's listen to that. Okay, so who wants to kick this off? I will kick us off. All uh, right. All right. So the idea here is we're coming up with a new mega attraction for Tomorrowland. As we all know, Tomorrowland, I think it's pretty much consensus that it needs the most work right now. Mm -hmm. It needs some plussing. It needs a slight concept revision. It needs something. 
but we're not talking about overhauling the whole land right now. We're going to talk about just fun attraction ideas that we would love to see implemented that we think would work in Tomorrowland. As you all know, I'm a huge fan of Tron. Mm-hmm. So yes. whenever I think of Tomorrowland and whenever I feel the envy that I feel inside for other parks that have attractions that I want, my mind first goes to Tron. And I think that Tomorrowland has been sorely lacking a Tron presence for a long, long time. And it's high time the grid returned. So my concept is going to be based around Tron. And I'm going to be taking over the area that was the old World of Progress building, now Launch Bay, formerly the Hero Headquarters. Is that what it was called? Superhero HQ. Yeah, yeah, Innoventions. We know which area we're talking about here. So that's a huge building. And I'm actually, I'm probably raising that building and creating something completely new with this concept, right? I think that building has its limitations with its circular build and it's on like some giant turntable. We don't need that necessarily. So I'm still going to go with a two-story plan and it's basically going to be a Tron complex, okay? I'm going to call this Flynn's User Gateway. And the concept here is Flynn has, you know, mastered his technology and his implementation of entering the grid and returning from the grid. So he's invited everyone to come experience the grid the way he got to. So I'm thinking really immersive, really interactive. And so you enter Flynn's user gateway and there's two levels. On the upper level, you remain a user. You get to see the grid basically from a bird's eye view, okay? And you can experience it in two different ways. You can actually visit the arena and play the Tron games, okay? You can play the light cycle duel. You can play a a disc match or a disc duel. And I'm imagining... How can I say this? Okay, you know how at some, like, resorts or amusement parks, they'll have, like, a little model, like, track, and you can race cars around it? Or they've got a little, like, lake with little boats that you can steer around in it? Have you guys seen those? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh Okay. I'm imagining that, but, like, on a very futuristic like sense so it's like you're looking down on a 3d map of the grid and you're racing light cycles against you know people standing next to you right Mm -hmm. so it's all 3d like you probably put on glasses and it looks like you're looking down at a model of the grid but it's like you're actually looking into the grid so it's got like major depth and like you feel like you're actually like playing tron light cycle right uh, and the same thing with the with the disc duels. So it's like you and uh, you know a person next to you are controlling two programs as you battle it out with discs, and just a really cool like just gaming experience, right? But that's like the simple side of it. And then the other thing you can do in that upper level is you can tour the grid. Um, basically, it's going to be like the same concept as like a planetarium, where like 
you have a, a balcony and you can walk around and look down into the grid and just see it like in all its detail and all its glory, just like an immersive imagineering electro data model of the grid. Like you're looking down at it and you're seeing programs go about their day and That's things cool. happen, you know, light travel and things like that. Kind of like you're looking down on London from Peter Pan, but it's like, you know, very techno and futuristic right, right? Yeah. so this all kind of gets you in the mindset of oh my gosh i'm looking down on the actual grid i can play the arena games i can look at it i can explore it from above and then you can go through flynn's gateway and enter the grid by going downstairs when you go downstairs you get to actually become a part of those games and that land that you just saw from upstairs okay so kind of in that journey through inner space sense like now you get to like go inside the machine right so we're gonna have like vr type games and simulators where you can actually sit atop a light cycle and race through a match in the arena and you can don your vr goggles and play a disc duel against somebody and just really take part and the other thing is you'll be able to get on a light jet from tron legacy and actually tour like have an aerial tour of the grid and you'll get to see the outlands Ooh. where flynn's hideout was and you can come through all the whole city you can see clues fortress and you know fly through recognizers and all of it you just get hey. to just tour it right Nice. So kind of like Star Tours, but like just more like welcome to the grid and yeah. just really touring you around, right? So totally immersive. I'm going to bring in uh, a thing that people like, which I don't really participate in, but I know that it'll be interesting. I think I'm going to have at least three meet and greets with actual programs. Yeah. So I thought the, the three that I would like to meet uh, would be Cora and Zeus and, of course, Tron. So we have those three characters. I think Korra being a cool, strong female character, you got to have that. Yeah. Tron, obviously, title character, you got to have that. And then Zeus, who was the host and um, maitre d' of the End of the Line Club in Tron Legacy. She's a cool, flamboyant, fun character who will be great for meet and greets, I think. And it actually ties in to the second part, which I'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> So the last thing is there will be on that on the main level, there'll be a shopping complex where you can, you know, purchase all of your Tron merchandise. And the the key item that most people will be after is you can have a personalized identity disc created for yes, yourself. Right. <laughs> and some sort of a little like backpacky strap on thing that allows you to just go whooshing and clip it onto your back like real quick and unclip it. Right. Just like they do in the film. So that's like the key like thing. That's like the, the lightsaber for Star Wars or whatever. You know, that's like the merchandise thing is the light, the identity disc. So this little idea just popped in my head. What if, gosh, this is why I love these episodes. <laughs> what if we had those data discs and we treated them as magic bands? Dude, that would be so awesome. And we were able to that. pay with them. We were able to do things <laughs> with them. And... Oh my God! Imagine coming to the turnstile and be like, "Fruit, scan that. I'm good." <laughs> that oh would be cool. Oh my God! You you could pick your your like 
thing of choice that yeah. is your band. <laughs> that I love be amazing. it. <laughs> I mean, they are they are going to personalize it, right? So they could yeah. embed all that other data in there. Yeah, yeah, they could absolutely. I think that'd be sweet. Uh, so basically attached to this main complex and I've got so many other ideas um, involving this whole thing. You know, the entire environment that you're going to be walking into is going to be just that, that really science fiction, futuristic techno computerized world that is the Tron universe, which I feel like is about as timelessly futuristic as you can get Mm -hmm. because it it ages really well right so it 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 kind of doesn't impede on the general concept of tomorrow you know so i i I just feel like they could theme it in a way that you really feel like you're walking into those environments uh that are so stylistically wonderful in those films uh so i could go on and on and on but attached to this like it as a separate entity, as a part of this complex, there needs to be a new dining experience, especially on the eastern side of Disneyland. There's no real good table service, like high-end thing over there. We need the end of the line club to be a reality. Yes. We know that with Star Wars coming in this year, they are going to be testing the waters of having an alcohol license for Disneyland proper. And I feel like it may be time to have a couple spots in the park where you can have a high end place and you can have a nice drink as you sit down for dinner. And the end of the line club is going to be the newest like Carthay circle level, like awesome dining experience in Tomorrowland there's going to be a lounge. There's going to be a restaurant. It's going to be super cool. You might have a couple of helmeted DJs playing some Daft Punk music. Yes. You know, things like <laughs> that. It, I mean, I, it just a totally different, cool vibe that does not exist anywhere in the park. And it would there. And I think it would have a whole lot of energy involved with it. And I would love to dine there and i think they could come up with some cool like futuristic you know menu options and lots of light up drinks and whatnot i don't know i i just i want to be able to walk into the world of tron and i think they could create a little complex like that that's like two buildings (laughs) in that area that will transport you out of tomorrowland and into the actual grid so that's That's my, that's my main concept. That's awesome. And we've already had a little taste of this, right, with Electronica. Yes. Yeah, it did. It gave us a little taste, you know, especially with the guys, you know, throwing Frisbees. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, like they're throwing their yeah. little identity discs around, and it was cool. They'd throw it to you, and you could throw it back, and that was fun. Yeah. And then the laser show and all the music, it was all Walking awesome. Walking Flynn's Arcade. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think they could do something that's truly immersive. You know, like I envy the light cycle coaster, but even that to me just, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a notch above the Incredicoaster. The cool thing about that is just, it's just a really good roller coaster, you know, and there's some theming to it, but I mean, and I've only ridden it via YouTube, you know, the Hazen method, but I, (laughs) but, but it doesn't seem like, you know, it's truly transporting you to the grid you know like you're there like some of the queue does 
you know, but the ride itself, especially when it leaves and it goes outside, you kind of lose that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this would be just as immersive as it gets. And I I think it could be amazing personally. That is awesome. I love it. I mean, so it was pretty clear at this point that there was nothing 20,000 leagues about your ideas for tomorrow. (laughs) It was all Tron. Yeah, no, clearly uh, my attentions had shifted from the sea to the grid. Uh, but, you know, this this episode is very memorable for me uh, because it did really kick off something that became a very like tried and true tradition for the podcast. And, you know, the fact that we made regular armchair Imagineering episodes really... I feel kept all three of us engaged in a really fun way, but it also kept our listeners engaged. You know, we got all kinds of reactions and and comments and questions from our armchair Imagineering episodes. I feel like more so than the other ones. And, you know, we just kind of landed on a a cool, fun concept and I'm glad that we were able to keep it going and, and really you know, help out Imagineering with some (laughs) great things that they could steal over the years. Right. (laughs) Uh, But this one, you know, we really set the bar, I I think. Uh, All of our ideas were really cool. Um, I I enjoyed it. But, yeah, I I remember concepting Flynn's user gateway and thinking – Boy, I wish this was real. <laughs> I want to be right? so badly. <laughs> yeah. And the picture you painted for it was so vivid that, I mean, Tron isn't even my favorite property, and I was <laughs> all over it. Well, thank you. I, I, I had fun coming up with that one. I, I still think about it. As a matter of fact, so much so that in, in our last uh, Armchair Imagineering episode that we did where mm-hmm. we did our own parks, I had to include it. Yeah, yeah, that was a great tribute. I, I really appreciated that, um, and uh, I would I would visit your park if, if you made that happen for sure. Nice, nice. I'll get you <laughs> tickets. I know a guy. Ah, sweet. <laughs> uh, so, keeping with armchair imagineering, in episode two hundred and forty-nine, we decided to armchair imagineer Main Street, and yes. on Main Street there was a little idea that I think at some point. Well, you know what? You be the judge of what may or may not have happened. So let's take a listen to that. All right, man. Lay it on us. What's this idea that's going to break down all of Main Street? So (laughs) the the one thing that Main Street lacks is um, thrill rides. So we're going to talk about a roller coaster. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm totally was, kidding. Oh, not, man. Yeah, no. See, I, I don't do grew. this to me. Don't Come play on. with my fragile heart. <laughs> no, no roller coasters. But I am going to create a large new area. You know, usually when I think of my main ideas, I think of, a, of almost a complex uh, that includes uh, an e-ticket attraction. So I kind of did that with my Tron user gateway. I kind of did that with my Brave area. I'm going to do that again with Main Street, and I want to create a new expansion to Main Street that exists in that area that I mentioned before, uh, starting from East Center Street and extending behind Main Street Um, moving south between the Opera House and Space Mountain. So if you are around a computer and you can look up Google 
satellite maps, you can see that there is quite a bit of area between Main Street and Space Mountain that still exists. Now, I'm sure Disneyland's using it for various purposes, like parade float staging and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I'm taking it over. So <laughs> the one thing that is so incredibly iconic in the Disney canon that is still more or less completely unrepresented in the realm of attractions and experiences is none other than Mary Poppins. So okay. because the original concepts for the extended streets of Main Street were going to be Edison Square, which eventually became Liberty Square in the Magic Kingdom, and International Street, which eventually became what we know of as the World Showcase in Epcot, I think it's time that Cherry Tree Lane became a reality. Oh, oh dude. My God. My idea <laughs> is to go down East Center Street a little bit further than what you currently can and then round the corner and turn right and go south. And in that transition, you step from, you know, a romanticized version of America at the turn of the 20th century to the idealized London of Mary Poppins at the turn of the same century. Oh, and my God. There you Yay. will see the famous <laughs> sites of Cherry Tree Lane. You'll see the Admiral's house, and he'll shoot off his cannon yes! every now and again. So from, <laughs> so from the right side of Main Street, you'll hear his cannon. From the left side of Main Street, you'll hear the Jungle Cruise guns going off. You know, So <laughs> you'll have symmetry there. Uh, you'll see the Banks house. Uh, across from them, you'll see the little park, um, you know, and, you know, there can be people on the streets, like characters on the streets. There can be little street vendors. I think it'd be cool to have Bert in his one-man band yeah. get up, you know, do a little show, right? Uh, all of these things, like, you could do a million things with just that environment and immersing people in it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I envision like above the rooftops in the background, there's just like always a kite flying. Like you can just see a kite up there. I think that would be amazing. Uh, but the attraction, the main e-ticket moment of this um, will kind of go back and hinge on uh, Hazen's original idea. We're going to have some VR experiences here. Yes. So I'm so excited because I, I want to hear yeah, <laughs> the idea of my VR Mary Poppins experience is the Jolly Holiday sequence. Oh, so, my God. That's exactly what I was hoping you were going to go for. I'm so which happy. Will, you know, of course, tie into the Jolly Holiday down the road. Nice. Uh, and basically, you're going to don your VR whatever, and you and your friends will walk across the street to the park, and you'll meet Bert who's painting his little chalk drawings on the on the sidewalk and you will jump on one of those chalk drawings and poof the world will become animated oh, and that's so cool <laughs> and you will see some carousel horses in front of you you will climb on a carousel horse and you will go on a little tour you'll tour through the barnyard and you'll see all the animals You'll go past the cafe where you'll see Bert and Mary getting served by the penguins. 
And then, of course, it'll end in a thrilling race at the horse track where you'll be doing really great, but ultimately you will always just lose to Mary Poppins, who's practically perfect (laughs) in every way, including in the ways of horse racing. (laughs) And that will be your experience. To me... All right, you win. You win. (laughs) I think... You win all the space. (laughs) This is made for this, right? Like, the idea of that scene is so perfect for VR and where it's going to me. Uh-huh. Like, because they almost do that in the film. They like jump into their imagination. So that's what you get to do. And I, I've, I've wanted, we all have wanted a Mary Poppins experience in the parks yeah. forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that to me is the most glaring omission from the catalog. You know, it's like there are some Renaissance films that we all feel need an attraction. We're looking at you, Lion King. But, you know, Mary Poppins has been missing. You know, we get to see her and Bert in the park and there's the Jolly Holiday. There's a couple little things here and there, but not a real experience. And I think it's time. So that's that's my pitch. Oh, you win, dude. You win all the space. I, I, when, there's nothing to add on. There's yeah. Just... I mean, when you started poking back there, I was like, oh, is he going to talk about finally adding Liberty Square and Edison Square? Yeah, that's cool. Nope. And then you blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it's kind of thanks to you because when you totally blew my surprise that I was going to bring an animatronic Walt, it really jogged my creative juices like okay i gotta think of something additional i gotta i gotta take a another turn and and go down a different avenue literally and that's when this i i was struck by this idea so thank you for pushing me further but uh, yeah i i would love this to come to fruition it's kind of one of those ideas that i thought of and then i almost instantly became disappointed because it doesn't actually exist (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that it doesn't exist. Right, now. I'm uh, a little disappointed about that. Yeah, I, oh. I would, I would love to see something like that happen. And if it's not on Main Street, like anywhere, they could put that anywhere, and I would love it. Yeah, Shanghai would get it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, they probably would. <laughs> oh man! All right, Mel, bring it home. No, I don't. That was my. I only had two. Oh, you only had two. All right. Yeah, well, I guess no, that was that it was then. perfect. Yeah, that, well, that, that was a perfect. perfect way to end it then. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the mic drop moment. <laughs> oh man. Ah, oh, so good. Now I want to hear the cannons happen. I know. I know. Right? And I wa- like I know. tell me the time. <laughs> I want to brace for them. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see oh. every all the chimney sweeps do step in time together. Yeah. Yeah, they could be like even up on the roofs and like At- singing down to you from above, you know, like they, they could do so many things with it. Just yeah. like we have the Dapper Dance, we could have them on the rooftops doing their little show. Mm-hmm. Tripping the light fantastic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> they could build up because those buildings on Cherry Street and in those London sets are are tall. So you could build it up in a way that it, it's not tall enough that you could see it from Main Street proper. Mm-hmm. But it, when you're in Cherry Street, it's tall enough that you won't see Space Mountain, right? Yeah. I feel yeah. like they could, they could create the sight lines appropriately that it would all be really seamless visually. 
Yeah. Well, they can enclose it in such a way where when you're in that area, you see the front facade of those houses. But mm-hmm. from behind, it's just a second floor to the main street buildings. Sure, sure. You know, so you force yeah. the perspective and make it look like it's a couple more floors or something. That's, yep. That would be easy to mask, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> I know I say this every time we do <laughs> one of these episodes, but oh, man, I love <laughs> these types of episodes. They're super fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Cherry Tree Lane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, man. we heard. How, how at can some this point, not already exist? I'm, I'm just, I'm still surprised that it doesn't exist yet anywhere. Well, I mean, didn't we hear that it was going to be something that happened at Walt Disney World, and then something called a pandemic hit, and then stuff got shut down, but for a brief while. It was going to happen at Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. I, Man, I, I just it, it's crazy to me that Mary Poppins, you know, is this enduring classic of theirs. You know, the even with the resurgence of popularity based around the mega hit that Mary Poppins on Broadway became. And then, you know, the hit that Mary Poppins Returns was in the movie theaters. Man, the, the time was so ripe to to make it happen and uh yeah i don't know uh, but I, I i would love the chance to just walk down that iconic lane and and have a an experience based on that film whether it be vr or you know later on in that same you know episode that you mentioned a minute ago you know i actually put a full-on cherry tree lane in my imagineered park and i you know i want to hop on one of those cartoon carousel horses and race around and lose to mary poppins every time i don't care that'd be amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a fantastic idea i there's still room for it i still think it can happen and i oh yeah i I don't think there was a lot of information released about the attraction itself i know that they had talked about integrating cherry tree lane uh i think at Mm -hmm. epcot right that's where the the plan was yeah in the england area right yeah yeah but yeah. I don't think they released a lot of info on the attraction. Mm-hmm. Imagineering, just uh, listen to Pocketeers episode 249. You got an idea right there. Yeah. I mean, I um, I really was impressed with all of us in this episode because Imagineering Main Street is one of the most difficult areas we ever picked, I, yeah. I think. Like, yeah. It's a really tough one. And I think we all came up with winning ideas. I, I liked a lot of what we came up with in that episode. It was fun. I agree. I agree. Uh, speaking of winning ideas, when we armchair imagineered Mickey's Toontown, you yeah. created something that, uh, <laughs> again, when I armchair imagineered my park, I just had to have it a part of my park as well because <laughs> I enjoyed it so much. That episode was super special because I think we all came up with some really great ideas mm-hmm. that cohesively would make Toontown like 10 times better than it is right I now. Agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I honestly feel like this was the one that we did the best collective job on. And I was surprised by that. I, I didn't have high hopes for our Toontown Imagineering episode. But what we came up with, I just I love so many of the ideas like Melissa's Daisy Diner was freaking dynamite. Like that is so needed, uh, you know, a real restaurant back there. 
And then your Roadster Racers was this, to me, I think it was like even a throwaway idea for you. You're like, well, I had this other thing, (laughs) but it was so good. I was all on board for that. And then if you throw in a little Mystery Shack area with Gravity Falls vibes, that you could really invigorate that area with some new energy and and get some more traction to a lot of the things that are that are back there and i loved that discussion we had during that episode it was so much fun yeah i agree uh now i want to take you back and i want gavin to describe his attraction because he's the one that's going to do it justice so let's have a (laughs) listen at gavin's idea for mickey's toontown all right so my idea DuckTales. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I actually am going in a, in a com- not a completely different direction, but a, a decidedly different direction. Uh, I'm staying within the realm of television because I, too, believe that Disney is finally on the verge of truly celebrating its television properties. And it makes sense for us to uh, revel in that, especially in a place like Toontown. So I'm going to basically expand toontown similarly to what hazen did um but you know there's this kind of idea that we have as disney fans now especially with star wars going into the north end of the park and they basically just decided oh we'll just move these buildings and warehouses somewhere else well there's still a lot of area back there with a lot of buildings and warehouses and so i just feel like i can move any of them so I'm going to expand Toontown to the west and basically so that my concept butts up against the back of Galaxy's Edge um, and kind of swings around to the north a little bit. So I'm going to increase the size of Toontown by about 50% here. Uh, As per usual, what I'm dreaming up here is a bit of a complex, more than just one element, but... I'm going to remove something that some people may be sad to see go, but I'm getting rid of the Chippendale Treehouse because that's going to become the entrance to this new expanded area. That area is going to be filled with a colonnade of trees uh, through which you will have to pass in order to enter this new land. And you won't be able to really see all the way through the trees until you get through them and it will open up into kind of a meadow surrounded by a forest. And in the center of this meadow will be none other than the mystery shack. <gasps> yes! It's time, kids, <laughs> for us all to travel to Gravity Falls. <laughs> okay, okay, look. I don't look, win. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Melissa. I don't even have to hear the rest of what Gavin has to say. I'm on board for two reasons. One, it's Gravity Falls. Right. Two, it's Gravity Falls. <laughs> <laughs> and three, a long time ago at the Disney Expo, when it, when Gravity Falls was first starting, they had a pop-up mm-hmm. mystery shack that you could walk into, Ooh. and it was one of the coolest experiences there. That's awesome. I think I have photos of it. I'm going to look through my archive, and if I do, I'll post them uh, in the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com slash 253. 
Uh, I might even post a couple in the Instagram story so you guys uh, get an opportunity to see it. But yes, you win. <laughs> Meeting adjourned. <laughs> Let's do this. I haven't even really gotten to my idea yet. That's it. You win. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you win all the space so so, so the shack is the, is the focus of my idea right like you're going to be able to go into the front of the shack visit the gift shop going to be souvenirs you know really tacky classic grunkle stand kind of merchandise it's going to be amazing of course it'll be filled to the brim with dipper pines hats uh and yeah, you'll be able to get all your knickknacks there. Out in the front, you'll be able to um, – there'll be a pen with waddles, and you can see some of the characters out there. But the core of my concept centers around the shack and all of its mysteries, and we've uncovered a new mystery. So just away from the shack a little ways is uh, – you can see some new trees have been cleared away, revealing a new – uh, bunker like a storm shelter that hadn't been noticed before so that's where the queue starts we go into this shelter which leads to a new subterranean level of the mystery shack and this is where we discover a new area of the mystery shack that and i kind of imagine this as um ford uh, kind of showing us this new area and you're kind of mm -hmm. along with Dipper and Mabel and Grunkle Stan on this new exploratory mission, so to speak. And Seuss has to be on there too, dude. Oh, Seuss. Yeah. Yeah. You got to include Seuss. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Seuss, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea it, for the attraction uh, format, think of it as a reverse tower of terror. So we're going to explore oh. multiple subterranean levels of the shack. So it's not going to go up. It's just going to go down. And since it's going to be part of Toontown, it's going to be a little more kid-friendly than Tower of Terror or Guardians of the Galaxy. So kind of like maybe a little bit more intense than the Jumpin' Jellyfish. But, you know, a little a little softer idea. It's more mm -hmm. about the story and the adventure than it is the adrenaline and the thrill, right? But we're going to be dropping down several levels and discovering scenes as they open up in front of us of weird, wacky, crazy, Hirsch-inspired things that are going to happen with portals and time travel and weird Mageddons. And I'm going to call the whole thing the Weird Levator. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> you, you win, sir. <laughs> That's it. Meeting adjourned. I mean, I just feel like they could create this cool little, like, nook back there and surround yeah. it by cartoon pine trees. And it could be kind of isolated, like you're in this real cartoon forest. And it could be mysterious. And there could be clues around the land that you could, like, look for and, like, scavenger hunts and yeah. things you could do and, like, maybe interactive things. I, I think they could have so much fun, especially if they allowed Hirsch to get creative with an actual physical experience that people could walk into because the dude's a genius. And yeah. if they brought him kind of back into the fold and made up with him and was like, oh, we really love you, I think I think it could be amazing. Come on. I just I hear <laughs> it again and I want it. I want it in my life. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fun idea. I, I admit it. I'll toot my own horn on that one. I, I really liked the idea of it, um, especially the the utter 
strangeness of having a, an attraction that goes into the ground, yes. which is not something that any of them do at all. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, you've got the ones that go under the berm to get you outside, but you know, this is something that like burrows down into the ground and that's just a weird, fun, awesome, mysterious concept. Yeah. Ah, I get tingly just thinking about it. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. Uh, okay, so then we finally got to the land that Gavin originally claimed was his favorite land before it was Cars <laughs> Land. And then we armchair imagineered New Orleans Square. Now, this was actually one of the armchair imagineering episodes that Melissa was unable to join us for. But I think Gavin and I had a lot of fun just kind of throwing ideas back and forth for this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys did. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten when I when I originally picked this one out to to highlight, I had forgotten that Melissa wasn't on it because um, it just seems like we're always all three together. But um, it, it, I I really kind of wished we would have done another one later where she could be in it because, you know, we're all such huge fans of this particular land. Uh, but yeah, Hazel and I had a blast just hanging out with our big erasers changing giant swaths of this land <laughs> my roller coaster tycoon mentality of double clicking and erasing shifting growing whatever uh but yeah there was a lot of really great ideas in that one that i think to this day i think would still fit really well in new orleans square but it was integrating princess and the frog and of course now they're like you know what gavin we kind of liked your idea but instead we're just going to retheme splash mountain yeah <laughs> yeah, they, they did. And and that's fine. If they want to, you know, rework some of my ideas, um, that's fine. I'll still take the check. Just, you know, make it out to Gavin <laughs> Otteson or Otessen, whichever one. They spell the same. <laughs> like, as long as the check clears, I don't care how you say it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really interested to see uh, what they do with Splash, uh, how they rework it. Uh, you know, after the... Tower of Terror transition to Guardians of the Galaxy. I have so much faith in them being able to completely remake something and make it feel brand new. So, uh, yeah, that's one that I'm really, really excited to see what they do with. Yeah, it'll be great. And then you'll come out and visit us again, and then we'll all ride together. And then we'll go by Fowler's Harbor and be like, hey, Gavin, Otessan, let's record an episode. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Let's record the Dreamer's Diary, too. There we go. Dukes. (laughs) (laughs) that'll just go on for one episode (laughs) uh okay so moving on the next land that we decided to do uh, or the next land that we decided to highlight was Frontierland. okay so look pocahontas island great idea i loved it but man was there a lot of crossover on ideas this episode yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) this one we were stealing notes and i think melissa and i had almost all of the same ideas it was really creepy right Uh, (laughs) but awesome because we were on the same wavelength and our ideas even the differences between them really just meshed together um but it's it was it was kind of cool that we landed on the same page. Uh, it was it was unique to what usually happens, even though there's usually one or two moments where we're like, hey, I kind of had that idea already. Uh, this one was unprecedented. And I remember this episode being one of our better ones as well, because I liked stuff that we all came up with. 
materials. And this was probably one of the hardest lands that we took over. Mm-hmm. So for us to even come up with that and be like, well, okay, that's an intro to my idea. And then back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we said it on the show, but Frontierland seems fully baked. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot to move around or change or add to or subtract. Like there's so many great things going for it. Um, it's, it's such a consistently themed land, you know, um, I think the, the, the thing that kind of came out of left field that really surprised me was, uh, Hazen's idea during this episode. You know, we, I think I, I had an idea for the golden horseshoe, uh, review and I, I don't remember if Melissa did, but Hazen came in and he had this concept for a Muppet show mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, I want Muppets back in the park as bad as anyone and putting them in the Golden Horseshoe doing a review show doing their version of an old-timey vaudeville show oh oh my gosh that is just genius ah that was so much fun to listen to I remember listening back to this episode and I thought man I must have been awake thinking about that one because that's a good idea (laughs) (laughs) it really is yeah so good and I I tell you what, that would be gold, no pun intended. <laughs> well, Imagineering, there you go. Uh, in case you need to re-listen to it, just uh, episode 269. Check it out, Armchair Imagineering from Tierland. There you go. It's all <laughs> laid out for you. <laughs> uh, okay, so shortly after the Frontierland episode, we did Armchair Imagineering for Adventureland. And that was another episode where I just think the ideas were top-notch they all fit really well into what Adventureland just kind of represents. And this idea that Gavin had was something that I think we all kind of thought about. But when Gavin verbalized it, I thought, come on, Disney. Come on. Let's have a listen. <laughs> well, uh, you guys know I've talked about it many times on the show. I think I may have come up with a similar idea in another armchair Imagineering. I can't quite remember, but... I think it's high time that Disney got into the escape room game. Uh, Charlie and I are big, big, big into escape rooms. We love doing them. They're so much fun. And there's no better place than Adventureland to do this. So for the first time ever, guests will be able to enter the mysterious second story above the Adventureland Bazaar. And we're going to have an Indiana Jones-themed escape room. All right? You looked at my notes. (laughs) I was about to say, we always do You looked at my notes. (laughs) Different location, but you looked at my notes. I will show you. (laughs) That's funny. Well, we always do this. Um, That's why I volunteered to go first, by the way, because (laughs) I've had the rug pulled out for me a couple times. So here we go. So, so this is what it feels like. <laughs> right? Exactly. So in mine, you and five guests uh, become trapped in a strange chamber where some sort of dark ritual is performed. The nefarious purpose for this ritual is to stop none other than Indiana Jones. So it's our job to follow the clues, solve the puzzles, and outwit this mysterious order of evildoers and their occult devices so our friend Indy can quest on. Nice. Uh, so I, I don't know if, if 
uh, you guys or our audience have done escape rooms, but the, one of the coolest things about escape rooms is that they're usually fully themed. They've got a cool story that you're trying to work your way through, and they're just filled with all kinds of, you know, cryptographic, you know, logic, riddle-type puzzles that you have to work together to solve. Um, some of them are tasks that require more than one person. Like, they're really, really creative challenges, and that's what's fun about them. And they can be renewed, you know, so you can install – it's like the void. You can install a new story to the, you know, to the room, you know, every six months or so to keep it new. Um, so – with Disney's brand of storytelling and their ability to pull off environmental special effects and, you know, all of that magic they can bring, they could just crush it with an escape room. They really could. And I would love to have kind of, you know, this amazing experience that you could go into Adventureland and, like literally escape from the world for a time and, you know, envelop yourself in this escape room world. And, you know, at the end you could get, you know, some sort of like thank you message from Indiana Jones himself after you've succeeded. Um, maybe there's some little token you walk out with, you know, that, that shows that you, you successfully escaped the Adventureland Bazaar. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think this is, something I would love to see in Disney and I'd be amazed if they could bring that to the park. Yes. Yes. Times a hundred. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> you get all the monies to build. Go do it. Thanks. Uh, I, I love your idea, but I feel like Indiana Jones already has an attraction right across from it. So maybe this is the time to whip out the gravity falls and make no. an escape room based on Gravity Falls. <laughs> yeah, I I hear you. To me, and I thought of Gravity Falls, but it doesn't. To me, it doesn't fit the theming of Adventureland. And I got to tell you, Indiana Jones is the man, and I'm not done yet bringing us Indiana Jones ideas tonight. So buckle up. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I was gonna throw in some Rescue Rangers, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be cool too. <laughs> I'm kidding about that. <laughs> An escape room. It's simple. Right. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I, you know, Charlie and I are, are big fans of escape rooms. I, I think a lot of people are. A lot of people haven't tried them. And I think, you know, there's a lot of weird concepts of escape rooms like a lot of people envision the movie saw and they think it's like a life or death scenario and they've got to get out uh but they're really just a fun interactive puzzle that you try and solve in the course of an hour and i think if you had one in an environment like disneyland or even downtown disney or whatever like a lot more people would try them because they're like oh i trust disney they're not going to do anything to you know put me in harm's way this is this must be fun and you know I think Indiana Jones lends itself perfectly. You know, all those moments in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom and and Holy Grail where they're just, uh, you know, there's a contraption or a lever or a trapdoor or something. Like so many things you could work into an escape room to, to help your pal Indy out. I, oh, that would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember when I first started thinking about doing this, I always felt like it would be something good for downtown Disney, right? And mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of the ideas that I had, like, in the back of my mind was, like, let's do a Gravity Falls one. Like, it's mysterious. There's a lot of puzzles. There's a lot of things you can unlock. And I even brought it up in this episode. But then listening back to it, the way that you laid out the indie escape room, I just thought, yeah, no, it, Gravity Falls definitely wouldn't fit. It it definitely has to be like indie or something like that. And I was just fully on board with this. Like, they should just make a board game if they're not going to put it in the park. Make an Indiana Jones escape room board game and boom, sell it. ShopDisney.com. Hashtag not sponsored, but we're open yeah. for sponsorship if you want to. I mean, they're going to take my money anyways if this happens. <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, and I think in downtown Disney, almost they've got the perfect spot in the Rainforest Cafe. Yes. Where they could put in several, you know, Indiana Jones themed escape rooms to have, you know, like people rotating in and out of them. You know, because I think you're limited with space in Adventureland, but you could do it in downtown Disney, and that would yeah. be awesome. But again, uh, this is another episode where I I thought we all came up with fun, interesting ideas. Um, uh, You know, it it stands out in my mind as as one of the fun ones, especially for me and Melissa. Just we basically spent the whole episode geeking out about Indiana Jones, which (laughs) we're both indie fan people. All right. Uh, You know, this next one that I'm going to play a clip for, this is probably the longest clip that I acquired for the episode. Um, And only because the idea was so, I mean, it was such a grandiose idea that I didn't know how to split the clip (laughs) or to cut it in certain places so that, I mean, you had to hear the whole thing to really get the Mm -hmm. idea because there was just so much to it. So I'm going to shut up and just play the clip because it was awesome. I'm redoing the whole thing, guys. Uh, I'm not doing a haze in and like picking up Space Mountain and plopping it into Critter Country or anything like that. I'll be the judge of that. (laughs) But uh, Critter Country, formerly known as Bear Country, is now also going to be formerly known as Critter Country because it's becoming... Sherwood Forest. Okay. <gasps> We've danced around <laughs> the topic of Robin Hood on many other armchair imagineering episodes yep. with small things. This is an entire land based on Sherwood Forest where we're going to get to walk right into Nottingham. So mm. it's going to be rethemed from top to bottom. The entire land is now Sherwood Forest where we can meet up with Robin Hood, Little John, and the whole gang, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just going to start from the front of the land and work my way back. But basically, the attractions, the shops, everything, totally rethemed. Uh, some of them more uh, extreme than others. So as you enter this land, the first thing you come to is the little Briar Patch store. Um, and so that is now going to become Knittingham Crafts. And it's going to be uh, run by uh, Mrs. Rabbit or Mama Rabbit, whatever her name is. Uh, I don't know if she's officially named in the film. Uh, And it's just going to be filled with, you know, knitted, sewn, soft souvenirs like hats and socks and uh, ornaments and dolls and things like that. So really cute stuff. Uh, The next thing we're going to come to is uh, what is currently the Hungry Bear Restaurant. Uh, this one's going to be rethemed, um, and it has a new host, a new maitre d', and his name is Little John. 
Uh, and the name of his uh, restaurant here is the Stew Delali. <laughs> nice. So, right? Great pun, uh, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this one's going to feature uh, like English country pub fare. Uh, so we're going to have stews and pies, fish and chips, puddings, things of this nature. Uh, I think being right next door to Galaxy's Edge, I think it makes this a logical kind of expansion of the alcoholic offerings at the park. Uh, so we can bring in our British beers and lagers and ciders. Uh, we can give them themes, um, you know, something like the Stork Brewery Stout, the Allen Adale Pale Ale, things like that. <laughs> uh, we could even have some London Dry Gin uh, Martinis. Uh, I thought of one called the Stir Hiss, which would be kind of fun. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, we know that one's not shaken. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, just kind of like a cool, like, English country restaurant kind of feel to it. Um and, you know, you'd, you'd retheme it to look more like uh, the buildings and architecture that you see in the film. Uh, the next thing we come to, of course, is The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Um, this, to me, is the currently the weakest dark ride in the Disneyland park. So we're going to completely redo it um, as a new dark ride. I do like the, uh, the fact that it is a dark ride. So I want to I maintain that. But this is going to be uh, basically almost a walkthrough of the movie, but f entirely from the point of Skippy the Rabbit. So it's still going to oh, maintain like the kids ride feel to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's going to be called Skippy's Big Adventure or something like that. I don't have a solid name for it yet. Um, but basically, um, it's going to begin. It's the. The interesting thing is I kept finding parallels with the actual story of the Winnie the Pooh ride, uh, but like everything's opposite. So uh, Winnie the Pooh ends with Pooh's birthday party. This one's actually going to start with Rabbit's birthday party, kind of like the film, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. And uh, so him and his friends are celebrating his birthday and you'll even get a, a, a visit from a, a disguised Robin Hood who comes and you know saves the day. Um, you'll have a chance encounter with Marion, uh, Maid Marion and Lady Cluck, and then you'll head off to the big archery tournament and archery tournament is going to be in that big showroom where you currently meet the Heffalumps and Woozles and you'll kind of go all the way around the tournament field. Uh, in the center, you'll have all the archers, uh, and around the whole perimeter is going to be the stands filled with the cheering, uh, villagers and then a big central box where you've got Prince John and, Little John disguised as the Duke of Chutney and Maid Marian. Uh, and then hovering somewhere up above, you'll see Sir Hiss and his <laughs> balloon, right? Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And so in the, in the field of archers, you'll see the stork and all the other archers out there. And lo and behold, there's Skippy in the middle of all the archers, and he's ready to shoot as well. And as luck would have it, Skippy wins the whole tournament, right? Uh, and... Of course, it turns out to be a dream because he actually fell asleep way back at Maid Marian's in the yard where they were playing. And he's awoken by a kiss on the cheek from Maid Marian and his friends laughing at him as he blushes with embarrassment. <laughs> uh, and so it, it's it's basically going to be the same uh, kind of uh, length of ride, uh, the same kind of tone as far as sweetness goes, which I do like about the Winnie the Pooh ride. But, you know, kind of telling a flipped story and with 
fully realized scenes and animatronic characters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much in Winnie the Pooh that seems very flat. And I know that in a lot of ways they were trying to go for the like storybook page illustration look like those movies are. But I feel like with this one, I really want to add some depth add some real character animation within the animatronic characters in there and give it some action, you know, have it, have it feel like you're not just walking by like, you know, or riding by like static scenes, which Winnie the Pooh kind of feels like to me. Yeah. I have to ask what's going to happen to Max Buff and Melvin. I have a question about that too. They can remain. I don't think we have to boot them out. Uh, They don't affect the ride as it is now so as long as i'm not restructuring actual walls and rooms i'm just retheming them i i feel like they can stay and maybe we add a bust of poo to them or something do you think I that or think that was my second question <laughs> do you think that you can make it so that the vehicles turn at least 180 degrees and there's a spotlight on them and like they have some kind of joke about the arrows and how they ended up there or something <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, I, I'm open to That'd ideas. Be cool. This is blue sky territory. All, all ideas are welcome. Um, but okay, so that's basically um, Skippy's big adventure. Uh, of course, the exterior will be rethemed. It will look more like you're entering uh, the rabbit's home uh, at first, uh, and then you know it, it goes from there. Uh, so the next thing as you walk into the land that you encounter, obviously, is the entrance to Splash Mountain. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about what I'm doing with this giant mountain in the land. Uh, first of all, uh, this is basically going to be completely rethemed as a new attraction with the same ride system, but um, this is going to incorporate a lot of what I want to happen in this land as it's transformed into Sherwood Forest. The key word here is forest. I want to fill this land with trees. I want to cover that mountain with trees, make it look like a forest. Uh, part of that is to, like I say, retheme it uh, so that it feels different. Part of it, especially on the mountain, is to obscure what I want to replace at the top of the mountain. So instead of having that dead tree that's sticking up at the top of the mountain, we're actually going to place Prince John's castle up there. Oh, yeah, nice. and and it's going to be kind of a forced perspective thing, so it looks smaller, you know, because it's supposed to look like it's way up there. But you'll actually see his alligator guard, you know, marching along the, the tower walls up there, keeping guard. Um, but I want the forest to kind of obscure that from sight lines within New Orleans Square so that when you're standing, you know, looking at the mansion and then you see the mountain behind it, it just is going to look like a forest-covered mountain, not a mountain with a castle on it, which, you know, that kind of ruins the illusion, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you won't be able to see the castle until you start walking down that road to Sherwood Forest and you get in front where you can see the drop hill and then you'll be able to see the castle out of which the logs are dropping, right? Nice. Uh, So basically the idea I have here is to tell the story of the movie um, where – we're kind of riding along on the adventure. We, we get on a log. We see Alan Adele uh, as he's like, hey, come and listen to a story here. And uh, he sings Oodalali as we travel up the mountain through the woods. 
once we make that first big drop and we enter the mountain, we're going to be entering right into Nottingham, kind of like they do in the Cars attraction. So now we're going to be in town and we're going to be hearing the plight of the citizens um, that mean old Prince John has, has put upon them with his overtaxation. Um, we're going to see a pursuit scene where Robin Hood is being chased by the guard. And when we make the plunge into the what is now the happy place, that's actually going to be quite the opposite because we're plunging into prison within the castle. And down there is where we're going to see him conspiring to help all the villagers escape. And then we run into um, our final problem, which is the castle has now been set ablaze and the only way to escape the flames is to climb up and we go up and over the castle wall and plunge into the moat at the end. Uh, at the bottom, we'll see little John and Skippy waiting to see if Robin Hood made it. Of course he does. We float into the finale scene where we see a triumphant King Richard in his return and a big wedding scene of Robin Hood and Marion getting married. And then as we round the last corner where you currently see the very last shot of Br'er Rabbit, you'd see Alan Adale, you know, kind of concluding the story for you, kind of like Scuttle in Little Mermaid, where he kind of starts the story and ends the story. Yeah. At the end of the tr- mm-hmm. Same thing with Alan Adale here. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be the same ride, kind of like in Coasters, the same ride as California Screaming, but it's got a new story, a new overlay The scenes inside, the theming, completely redone from top to bottom uh, so that it has nothing to do with what it formerly was, basically. Uh, So that's Splash Mountain or Robin Hood's Escape. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So (laughs) keep going. (laughs) That brings us to the back of the land where what is now Pooh's Corner. And then there's kind of like a little central area where they do some meet and greets and stuff like that. So this whole area is transitioning from that to the Nottingham market. So I kind of want to expand this land out, you know, push it back a little from where it is and expand it by about 15 to 20 percent so that we can still have that row of shops that is Pooh's Corner right now. But add a road that goes around, loops around behind it and adds another row of shops and stores and experiences back there so it feels like you can actually explore you know like you can turn a corner go down a lane where you've got shops on both sides so to speak Um, and it's going to be you know themed around characters from nottingham it's going to have all kinds of different things to explore nods to the film this will be a place for guests to buy their sherwood souvenirs Uh, to satisfy their sweet tooth at the forest confectioners. Uh, I think it would be amazing if there was a balloon seller back there where you could buy balloons with Sir Hiss inside them. (laughs) I think that would be amazing. Um, And, of course, we'll have um, a spot for a meet and greet, an official meet and greet with Robin Hood, Little John, Maid Marian, maybe some other players from the film. Um, But that would be cool. And... I want this place to feel alive with, you know, the the citizens of the town. So kind of like what we experience on Main Street or in Galaxy's Edge, where you hear the goings on within the town, you know. So like in the back corner, um, you can you can see the church where you can hear the sounds of Friar Tuck and, you know, him 
saying in words of encouragement emanating from the church and uh, you could hear his sexton playing the organ uh, you'll see a little blacksmith shop where you can hear the blacksmith tromping around in his casted leg and you know pounding metal for whatever he does uh, you know things like that and I want it to feel like there's stuff going on um, you might be able to hear a whistle from back in the woods that sounds like Alan Adale you know whistling a little tune and plucking his little uh, old-timey guitar uh, you know things like that I just I want it to be more than what it is right now and kind of draw crowds into the land you know right now nobody hangs out in critter country yeah. you know they go there to go to splash or to go to Winnie the Pooh Sometimes, like if mom is waiting for dad and the kids to get off splash, she'll go into Pooh Corner and, you know, buy a Rice Krispie treat. But it's like there's nothing really going on there, you know. And so I want it to be more things to draw people in, more shops, maybe little snack booths, maybe, like I said, a balloon cellar. And and of course, the meet and greet. Um, I don't know. I just feel like they could do more to make it a dynamic area. So basically... That's the long and short of it. Uh, Retheming the entire land to be Sherwood Forest and Nottingham. I mean, even listening to it now, I got to tell you, if Princess and the Frog wasn't coming to Splash Mountain, man, I, I'm not the biggest Robin Hood fan, but dude, dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I think this is the only time that I took our armchair imagineering assignment and reworked an entire land completely. Uh, it was a snowball effect, I think, where I don't remember which piece of it I came up with first. I may have mentioned it in the clip. Um, I, I can't remember. But it it really just kind of snowballed into one thing after another. And all of a sudden, there was no more Critter Country. It was now Sherwood Forest or Nottingham or Robin Hood, whatever we wanted to call it. And I don't know, it just seemed to kind of all click, come together in a cohesive way for me. And I, I just had a hell of a lot of fun doing that. And yeah, I was, I was kind of sad when they announced the Princess and the Frogs. I was like, oh, dang, they won't steal my Robin Hood idea. I was kind of hoping to <laughs> claim There's that still one. hope. But, <laughs> yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think that Robin Hood, to me, is one of the most underrated uh, Disney animated films. It has a great soundtrack with some iconic songs that would just really imbue that land with the spirit of the film. I, I just, it all just, I could see it all in my head. This is one of the clearest ones I had in my head once we were done. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. Although I really loved your um, Elliot idea. Um, your your um, Pete's Dragon idea that you had in that episode as well. Uh, it was man, that was that was another tough one. But for some reason, it just it just happened. It all came flowing out, and I was I was really proud of that one. Yeah, it's definitely uh, at the top of the list of some of the best ideas that we've had during armchair Imagineering segments. Yeah, oh yeah. Totally. Just it was kind of like a story time. So if <laughs> I wasn't talking much because I'm just listening and how you're presenting it. And it's just I think that was like that one time where it's just like, OK, you just opened the book and you explained it all and the end. Like it was just that's how it sounded like. 
it was a lot nice. of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Let's write a little golden book. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So the last episode that we're going to highlight is our Buena Vista Street armchair Imagineering episode because I think in general uh, uh, this was kind of like the Main Street episode, right? Where it was kind of difficult for us to really think of what we could do with it because Buena Vista Street was already or is already such a really great location. The reimagining mm-hmm. of what you know, Sunshine Plaza and all that stuff used to be into Buena Vista Street is tenfold better than what used to be there. And uh, this one was particularly difficult, but I mean, booze at a speakeasy. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. It, it just tastes better when it's illicit, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the forbidden drink. There you go. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be fun. Uh, again, it's kind of like the indie restaurant. You know, it's uh, it's in plain sight, but you don't see it. You know, it's a secret thing. And you got to follow this set of steps to get in. And that's part of the fun, too. And, you know, I, I think it would be really uh, amazing to, to have a place like that. Um but again, this episode was another one that I felt like we had this great synergy between all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we all kind of landed in this great 1920s Gatsby uh, flapper era kind of thing. And our ideas melded so well together. Yeah. I loved, you know, like when Melissa created that, like, barbershop slash boutique and salon for everybody to get you know all dressed to the nines and done up i i think that was genius and then you had like a gatsby dance party and then you just slip off to the speakeasy like oh my gosh party time (laughs) in buena vista street man that was just so cool how everything came together and i i agree though it was a tough one because buena vista street is so beautifully uh constructed and designed it you know i never saw what was before buena vista street my first time at dca everything was already behind walls and i never saw the original version of it and so i can just compare it to pictures and you know the hilarious comments you all make about it (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of ridiculous uh but when they opened Buena Vista Street, I just I fell in love with it. You know, it was like, OK, this is like the new main street and it's beautiful and I love everything about it. So it was it was interesting to try and horseshoe new things into it. But it was a fun, creative exercise for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I keep thinking about Mel's ideas from that episode with the barbershop and Lillian and Edna's boutique and salon. Yeah. So Man, good. So good. So good. Thanks. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that all kind of led to our latest episode that we talked about a little while ago where we armchair imagineered our own parks. And I got to tell you, man, as we're getting ready to kind of wrap up this episode, the armchair imagineering segments always stood out to me as some of the most fun we've had, some of those some of the most collaborative efforts that we've had uh we've done a lot of stuff in the parks together we've you know shot the vlogs we did all sorts of things but the armchair imagineering episodes were probably the most fun that i had recording with the two of you 
And, uh, you know, we mentioned it at the end of the last one that not having gone to other parks, we can kind of watch videos of the attractions. We can know the history of certain lands and everything. But, uh, I mean, obviously you two have been to Walt Disney World, but even then you've been to a Disney World that isn't anywhere near the Disney World that it is now. And I've never been. And so I think armchair Imagineering other parks is a little difficult. Yeah. So uh, I don't think this is the end of armchair Imagineering. I think we're going to do it again. Uh, Obviously, once Avengers Campus is open, maybe we'll go back and we'll revisit Galaxy's Edge. I know that there's things that we wanted to armchair Imagineer that we didn't really get an opportunity to because of what happened over the last year but yeah we'll definitely do this again but for now you know i i gotta say some of the most fun episodes that we've had an opportunity to record absolutely the other one that um you know we didn't really talk about but to me is a highlight it's just it's just very recent is when we decided to Imagineer the Haunted Mansion. And oh, yeah. oh my of, gosh, yes. <laughs> we kind of took that new approach where we just walked through the whole thing from the queue to the end and we just discussed ideas and blue skied it the whole way through. That to me was so much fun as well. Uh, again, you know, putting your hands on a beloved, you know, beautiful, wonderful, amazing attraction and changing it is risky, but (laughs) I loved so many ideas that we had in that. And, you know, just little areas where we would tweak things and then some big changes we would make. I I thought that was a lot of fun. And that, that format leading right into the the way we did our um, park Imagineering too was just a lot of fun. And it's kind of, to me, like a great, couple of grand finales in a row for armchair Imagineering as as far as my regular involvement. But uh, yeah, it really kind of got us all excited and and amped up. And I loved how for a long time we were able to do a series of episodes leading up to it that would get people in the mind space of, you know, here's a little history of Adventureland and the Jungle Cruise or whatever it was. And then we would armchair Imagineer that whole land. And I just I really enjoyed that cadence that we created and and you know just the fun process of getting into each land and pulling out our magical paintbrushes and creating new stuff. Right. It was really really enjoyable. And so, you know, if you want you know to dangle that carrot down the road and say, "Hey, we're going to imagineer this. You want to come on?" <laughs> I think you could probably get me to do it a few more times. Like, oh, if you twist my arm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, like I said, it's definitely not the end of armchair imagineering. We're definitely going to do it again. Awesome. Um, when I don't know, obviously, we want to go back to the parks and experience a few more things again because I mean, ideas are ideas, right? And having that part of your imagination get sparked whenever you're visiting a park or whenever you're experiencing something is, it's a great exercise. You know, it kind of keeps you sharp and it, I think it just makes you, especially as an artist, I think it makes you a better artist in general. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned the mansion episode. Uh, That, you know, when you said earlier uh, how we've gotten some responses from fans over time with some of those armchair Imagineering ones where people were really engaged. They were sending us messages. We were getting a lot of responses for them. 
uh, I was worried about the mansion episode because you're right. It's such a <laughs> beloved attraction that they, I mean, people really love it. We're huge fans of the mansion itself. And, but I, I just, I thought that we did such a great job of playing, uh, of paying homage to what was there and keeping mm-hmm. true to, I think what the mansion represents where I didn't play roller coaster tycoon. And I, you know, I tried <laughs> to preserve you know, mm-hmm. what the mansion was. And I think we all did a really great job. But I, I yeah. will admit that I was really concerned putting those episodes <laughs> out about what people were going to say. I know, well, considering we were just like, we will never touch that one. It's like, um, we did. Yeah, remember when we yeah. said that, that we would never touch that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I think, though, the spirit of that was more like we would never, like, do away with it, you know, or you know, make any sort of drastic changes. And I don't think we really did. All we did was really enhance areas you yeah. know, or update effects, you know, like, like give us a realistic crow for the love, you know, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> <laughs> or get rid of them altogether. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this thing on, I can't tell if it's working. What? Is, oh, we're going. We're working. We're recording, it works? Oh, okay. Gavin, hey man, I know it's been a while, in case you forgot who I am, it's Mario, Podcateer's legend, speaking to another Podcateer's legend. It's sad to see you go, (laughs) it really is. Emotions are kind of crazy right now, I mean. But of course, I, I know you wouldn't be making this decision if it wasn't for something new and exciting. And believe me, man, we're excited for you, we definitely are. So nuts to just know that, like, you're taking off. It feels like yesterday when um, we were all at Downtown Disney, you know, we were just kind of waiting to record a guest appearance episode of Podcateers. I uh, ran into you at Uva Bar, you know, right before we went up to have some Mediterranean food for our interview. And it was strange, you know, because it's just so unreal how, like, everything clicked, how well we all bonded together, how the dynamic just fit having you there and just kind of be part of the episode and do what you do best. Uh, It's just in that moment in time, I just knew this guy was going to be in one of these seats one day. Sure enough, you were, but now, (laughs) I mean, you're leaving. It's just, it's, it's so weird, man. You're going to be missed. Believe me, you, you definitely bought this like crazy and just additional genius dynamic to the Podcasters podcast that I didn't think I ever possibly brought. So I I just kind of want to thank you for filling that chair the way you did. And again, as I said, I know you wouldn't be making this change if it wasn't something amazing that you were taking an opportunity on. To quote a wise man, he said that around here, we don't look backwards very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. And I know that's the reason, man, because you're curious. So all I can say is best of luck to you. Keep moving forward, keep opening new doors, and keep doing new things. I wish you the best of luck, man, and we're going to miss you. Take care. Uh, well, I hope you all enjoyed that trip down memory lane. Uh, you know, having you on the podcast uh, over, I mean, now six years. I know that you weren't officially a host back in 2015 when you first appeared on the podcast, Gavin, but... I, I can't begin to tell you 
how much it meant to me that you agreed to be on that episode because I think when people start projects like this, one thing I, I don't think people realize when they start a podcast is how much work is involved. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's editing, whether it's, you know, just getting together to record, coordinating different people's schedules. And one thing that I found over the years is that the more people you have on your team, the harder it is to coordinate schedules. And so, yep. you yeah. know, <laughs> things get tweaked and, you know, things evolve because of stuff like that. But, you know, for me, it really meant a lot that, you know, even as a fan, you were willing to come on and just be like, sure, let me jump on and let's just chat Disney. And I mean, it evolved into something really special. And I, you know, I, I want to thank you for being on that first episode and being a part of this podcast, you know, from day one. Yeah, uh, well, you're welcome, of course. Uh, it was my pleasure to be on during that original Dreamer's Diary, which I effectively started and murdered at the same time because <laughs> it never happened again. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you've always been absolutely welcoming uh, and accommodating. And, you know, when I got the chance to, you know, really fully jump on board, um along with melissa it just made sense and it was you know a pleasure and uh, a privilege to be a part of this and you know i said it in in the last episode uh that i was on when i kind of announced that um i'm going to be retiring my old podcasting microphone that you know i really appreciate the the two of you um, as, as my podcasters family and, and just the whole podcasters fan group at large has been, you know, so awesome. And, uh, it has never felt, uh, like a chore or like, uh, a negative influence in any way. Uh, and so I, I just, I really appreciate that, you know, if positive things are important. Uh, you know, especially during trying times, which we all know this last year and a half have been freaking weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's been it's been, you know, kind of a, an anchor in a lot of ways. And I will definitely, definitely miss it. And, uh, you know, definitely want to try and you know, weasel my way back in a time or two in the future. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I, I really appreciate um, both of you for, you know, the impact you've had in my life uh you know on a disney fan level on a friend level uh just all of it um you know we're friends for life and you know i i'm always going to cherish this uh time and we'll never forget it Ooh, i'm trying to like <laughs> breathe here and not on the crier in the group i was like i don't want to cry i already did actually <laughs> so i got that out of the way but um, no, I, I really just wanted to take a moment and just say thank you for everything you've done. Like you've helped us a lot with the episodes with brackets because we don't know how to do the brackets and stuff. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's it's been a journey and it's been so much fun. And it's it's not a goodbye. We're going to see you again later. You know, just, yeah, we're, that's what it is. But um but for reals, like, thank you for let like just how do I say this? Just being chill with me, 
I guess. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I'm trying to laugh so I don't cry. So that's why I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, so I'm like trying to joke right now. <laughs> Woo. But yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, one of the cool things about our collective friendship is that we're all creative in our own ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that is definitely one of the core bonds between all of us. Uh, you know, Hazen mentioned his photography, and that's kind of how I discovered him on Instagram and, and then became friends. And then, you know, once I was introduced to you, Melissa, um, you know, way back during that Beef Cheeks episode, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I discovered the Odd Mouse Shop and, you know, am continually impressed and amazed by all of the things that you create as well. And, you know, we create things from very different perspectives. You know, you do much more sculpting and three-dimensional things and Hazen does photography and I do, you know, two-dimensional paintings or uh, drawings, you know, and, and so I, I think that flavors our perspectives with all of our creative endeavors as well. And, mm-hmm. You know, but it's also a core bond that we have that I don't know that everybody, you know, necessarily recognizes that. But all of us as artists in our own way, we kind of instantly recognize each other as creators. And I think that really has has made us, you know, a strong trio of of, you know, people with a unified vision. So I I think that's part of the magic. And and, um, definitely, you know, I I think it was lightning in a bottle in, in, in a way. And I have to agree with Mel that uh, I think when you came on, you helped fill in a lot of the spots that I felt I needed help with, you know. And I think over the course of just the the podcast, uh, one thing that I I definitely learned, I feel, from Walt is that he wasn't great at certain things. And he got people that were great at those things to help him out, yep. you know, to help yep. build out his dream. And... I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, at this point, six individuals that in some way, shape or form, you know, from my brother to Javier to AJ to VJ to you two and, you know, really soon Larry and Mm -hmm. Andrew have. And that's just like on the co-hosting side, you know, uh, because I don't think people really know this. I know that the FGP squad knows this because they're a part of it, but there's a team of other people that help us out in the background. You know, my wife helps out. Jill helps out. We have people that help us out with a couple of other things. And like Team Podcateers isn't just the three of us, you know, it's this collective mm-hmm. unit of people. And the fact that some of those people, even people that aren't hosting, you know, are still part of the brain trust, you know, that mm-hmm. I can go back to and I can shoot ideas off of or they have that legacy knowledge of being on the podcast that I can bounce these ideas off of and they can kind of help as a guiding light you know you're you're part of that brain trust and I've I've described this before I know that uh when when we made the first transition uh back in episode 190 I talked a little bit about how I don't see people leaving the podcast as I'm and as much as it hurts, you know, because I get very comfortable with having people, you know, and getting to discuss things that I enjoy. I I love you guys so much, but one thing that I really had to uh, tell myself, and this happened really early on when my brother uh, decided to go on and improve himself, was this is my dream, 
right? You have all jumped mm-hmm. on to helping me with this. And it would be selfish of me to, uh, from lack of a better term, hold you captive forever from pursuing your dreams. And the fact that I know that you're going on to these things that are going to help you with your dreams, you know, to enrich you as a person, to enrich you as an artist, to make the world a better place with your art. I mean, for me, it just warms my heart that I had an opportunity to share this with you in my life, you know, and I've, uh, from the moment that my brother left, I think Javier had a lot to do with kind of convincing me to think like this, but people leaving the podcast to me is kind of like Imagineers that work at, at Imagineering, right? There's all Mm -hmm. these Imagineers that help build the park. They work there for some time, then they retire, they go on, they do other things. And it doesn't mean that at some point they may not come back and work with you on something else, but Mm -hmm. they helped you build something that is not only special to you, but is also special to other people. And over this last year, one of the biggest things that I've had the opportunity to recognize is how much the six of you and you, you know, Gavin, have helped make the podcast so special. You brought a sense of organization to a lot of the things that we did by helping us come up with our scheduling. You, like Mel said, with the brackets, you did so much behind the scenes (laughs) that I was not good at, and I know I'm still going to need help with, but you played such a key role in helping Podcateers evolve into what it's become today that that's a debt of gratitude that I can never repay you. You know, that's that's something that I'm always going to hold, you know, special in my heart. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I want to say thank you just for being you. You know, you're you're <laughs> such a, an yeah. awesome person. You're such a chill person. I think all of us, you know, we've always been really accommodating to each other. We've always tried to help each other out and we understood when things come up because, I mean, it's a podcast, right? It's not a job. And we've always helped each other out as much as possible. Um, But, yeah, I I just wanted to make sure that I know I've told you bits and pieces of that before, but I, I wanted to try to collectively join all of those thoughts. And I know that I'm missing things that I want to say to you, (laughs) but, you know. Have a great summer, KIT. <laughs> don't no, go changing. Don't, don't, no, change, definitely. If it's going to be for the better, please change. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I appreciate all of that. And you're welcome for whatever help I contributed to the podcast. Uh, I got just as much out of it as I put in, for sure. Probably more. Um, and yeah, this isn't goodbye. So, you know, we'll, yeah. I'll be around and I I think honestly I'll be able to help out with some of those background things uh, on an ongoing basis um, you know so you know I'll, I'll, I'll have my fingerprints on the on the cast and I'm sure everyone <laughs> listening will appreciate that as well oh, yeah. <laughs> I, hope so. I hope so some of them are like god finally dude this guy just no. goes on and on and on please. <laughs> please if we have to hear about cars 2 one more time <laughs> I doubt it I doubt it alright before we wrap up Mel any closing thoughts I'm just trying to hold it in <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm right there with you pretty much I mean, cue the Sarah McLaughlin music <laughs> <laughs> I will remember you. 
I, that's not the appropriate song. We should just do some like Main Street Electrical Parade dance music or something. So there we go. Keep it happy. <laughs> All right, I think that's gonna the end. Uh, end this episode. Uh, if you have any thoughts, make sure to join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Make sure that you leave your thoughts uh, there. You can also join us on Discord. If you haven't had the opportunity to join us on there, head over to the blog post for this episode. You'll find the invite there. Uh, it's a it's a growing community. We haven't had the Discord server for very long, but we appreciate everybody that's hopped on there and continues the conversation. It's been super fun watching different people uh, and FGP squad members try out some of the recipes in those Disney cookbooks that we've all yeah. gotten recently. Nice. Uh, and then there's just random conversations. We pop in some of the articles that come up. So uh, if you have any thoughts for Gavin, you can also leave them there as well. So uh, it's time to end the episode, but I think uh, I'm going to leave the honors to you this time, Gavin. Wow. Ooh, big shoes to fill. Okay. You got this. Here, I'll, I'll see if I can do it. I've never done it before. This is my first time, so no judgment. Here it goes. All right, everybody. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Oh, and major luck.